The following program contains mature language and spoilers. Listener discretion advised. You want to do like some sort of a one-year retrospective thingy? Uh, if you want to, go for it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Marvel Superheroes Podcast. I'm Illegal Machine, and with me is... And... And... And also... <laughs> featuring... <laughs> guest starring... Why don't you go, Diablo Frank? <laughs> Diablo go, Frank. Go what? Exactly. Say your name. Diablo Frank. And Mr. Fix It. That was Mr. Fix It. Such enthusiasm. Didn't really say it into the microphone. No. (laughs) Mr. Fix It. What we need to do is just get a phone shaped microphone and you would talk directly into it every single podcast. <laughs> I, I've done that with him already. It's whenever I call him by remote, I don't bother with mm-hmm. Skype, I call him on the phone and let him talk into the phone. It works yeah, out pretty does. well actually. The speakers are better the the uh, microphone is better on his phone. How does it sound yes. on the phone? It looks it sounds okay. I mean it, it's it's obviously not in the room or anything. But compared okay. to that Skype session where you were practically inaudible, much better. Which the, one was that? the Alpha Flight one, where it was just like <laughs> right. Alpha Flight. <laughs> well, that that and I understand that you guys attempted to do a uh, a podcast together for the um, Iron Man episode, and that was similarly. That was doomed. my fault, though. It was because I don't have a mixer, so I was oh. trying to ghetto do it, and it, it didn't work. Didn't work out. Okay, I was sure. trying to record the phone call using a phone app. Oh, yeah. <laughs> desperate times call. So for did I sound like Alice in Chains in that one? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you because the microphone was on Did your Did I tit. sound like Alice in Chains on that one? <laughs> sorry, you don't speak through your tit, so I could not hear you. No, you, if you sound like Alice in Chains, then I would have been like, hell yeah, this is fucking awesome. All right. Too so bad the guy doing? saying this killed himself. Well, uh, Mac wanted to do some sort of one-year retrospective. Yeah, we're coming up on our one year of podcasting. Yeah. Okay. So what, so what do you think about pod, what do you think about podcasting? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm still not sure he's aware that he's in podcasting. I think yeah. Drunkle is right. Hey! Did you know that we've been recording you for a year? I did not know that. Holy that, shit. That people across the, this nation and other nations can actually hear you talking uh, impassively about uh, stuff. You know, I, I when, when my, we can catch your attention with shiny objects for long enough. You, you, know, you know, I usually have my said. eyes closed during these shows. I usually just close my eyes and just talk when I'm oh, it, spoken it, it, to. It's, it's well documented how many times you've fallen asleep during the recordings <laughs> it's, of a it's, podcast. I, you had a streak going where every single time we recorded, you ended it snoring. <laughs> And then there was the one time where you were like, fuck you, dude, I don't fall asleep. And then that night you fell asleep during the podcast and kept the streak going. Yeah. And then we went back to the Dune episode for Rolled Spine, and uh, you fell asleep during that one, too. And you were snoring, and we had to call you out because you could sleep, but you couldn't snore while we were recording. <laughs> so, uh, so let's, ta- let's talk about uh, – when you think of our podcast, just say like a quick sentence that comes to your mind. Go. You, uh, Diablo Frank. Melatonin, because it's apparently an excellent sleep aid for Mr. Fix-It. Mr. Fix-It, just what's the first thing? Whenever you hear, hey, we're going to get together and do a Marvel Superheroes Roll Spine podcast, what, what comes to your mind? Troublemakers. Jesus. That was my punctuate. Oh, my God. <laughs> quite the punctuation mark on that comment. Another one. Go Do another one. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm, I'm really down for this whole line of questioning. Uh, I mean, what do we, so, so you did blogging for years, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, this is this is a pretty big change going to... Oh, uh, that was just an evolution for you, wouldn't it be? Uh, so, uh, well, here's the thing with, with blogging. I, I had 
the web TV page for the idle head and some other random shit back when web TV was a thing that people would know what you were talking about vaguely. Not that it was ever that big. Um, and then I went away for a long time and then I read other people's blogs and I like that and I did the stuff that they were doing. And then I think that blogging has died and, and now everybody's podcasting and it's more, you, you connect better with audiences verbally than you do through text, especially in our modern world. I can listen to somebody talk to me while I'm driving through Houston traffic much easier than when I get home and have to sit down and try to read them while my eyes are crossing because I'm too goddamn tired to read anything. So I understand just as a receiver of this material how much easier it is to enjoy a podcast versus the, the written word, especially on it as, um, as intangible a medium as the internet because shit just disappears one day, you know, yeah, or, or, or people don't find you because you no longer pop up on the search results the way that you used to. But I, I just, I really like it because I'm listening. To, there's a greater sense of community because I'm listening to other people's podcasts. People are listening to our podcast. We're all responding to one another to some degree, whether it's through Twitter or comments or what have you. Um, or other podcasts. Yeah. I find it more rewarding personally. I mean, I, cause you got things you want to say. You want, you want to talk about things. And for me, like when, back when we were in the comic shop, that was good because we could just hang out and bullshit. But it was bad because there were other people there and most of the other people suck. Like it, the rest of the world, you know, other people are always the problem. Uh, Sartre would certainly agree. So it's nice where you can kind of have this controlled arena where you can have these conversations and they can be winding, you know, things that go in all different places or you can concentrate on one topic and explore it and enjoy it with people whose opinions you value. Whereas if I try to talk to some, somebody at work or, or someplace out in the world about stuff and they're morons and they have nothing interesting to contribute or they get super offended because you say something without thinking that, oh, there's another human being that's, that's speaking to you and either expressing their opinion or maybe trying to instigate even, you know, and, and you can get a rise out of somebody for giggles or you can do it to get them thinking or get them talking. But some people just want to stop talking entirely and shut down and disregard you as another human being. So I just prefer this. I, I like having discourse in this format. I like having this opportunity to connect with other people, but also to have these penetrating conversations that you couldn't have with just anybody and under just any circumstances necessarily. Wow. What about you? I like talking. I talk a lot. I like to talk. I talk a lot. I enjoy talking. You really enjoy the podcasts when you are actually getting to expose them to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, that's a thing oh, yeah. here, uh, Mr. Fixit. You like to, you're proud enough of what this fucking shitstorm is that you'll tell your friends, hey, man, check out my podcast. Well, no, uh, is I, that I like, cool? I mean, that's not, well, no, no, no. no, no. Well, no that's no, what no. I like about Mr. Fixit. What he does, he doesn't fucking do that no. shit. What he does is he blind taste tests these motherfuckers. Yeah. He will put our podcast on. They'll listen podcasts. to it. They'll get involved with it, and then they're like, "Hey, this shit's good. But, What's this podcast?" But you already talked, so let's let him talk. So, like Frank says, uh, I don't really uh, advertise this as more as, and I, I actually go in blind taste, taste, test. Yeah, blind test are. Uh, Motherfucking rolls fine challenge. Yeah, I'll go and I'll I'll put on some of the other podcasts. We're not trying to make enemies, dude. I'm not. I'm being honest. I put their podcast with ours, and that's it. Uh, don't be too honest because you don't want to. Yeah, that, no, that's too honest. Yeah, that, that's well, then, then what's the point? That, okay. that, that means that we're not joking anymore. You that just say other yeah. people. Like, hey, your podcast sucks for yeah. real. You can and say other people think your podcast sucks. You can say other podcasts. There's tons of podcasts other out there, dude. You ask my opinion. I'm telling you my fucking opinion. That's why I gave you your opinion. Just tell me what yeah, I said. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I should have let you talk. <laughs> no, you let him talk then. 
It's easy that way. No, but I'm, I'm saying, oh, uh, that's something we could, uh, 12 months ago, we weren't able to do that. You weren't able to put on several podcasts. People and go, you know what? I like the podcast you do. You know what I mean? Well, like, I don't even so, tell them it's me. I just put on the podcast. I don't ever tell them unless they guess it's me. Well, they, but they, I don't tell them. I just put on the podcast. I tell them, listen but to I know. what do you think? He but, has done that. He, he's actually know. fucking secretly advertised his own podcast without letting them know that he's yeah, on it. I don't, but, and they don't catch they it. go, oh shit, that's cool. You know that it's your podcast. Yeah, but you, I don't tell them. I'm I know like, you don't tell them. I'll I'll say, tell, yeah, I know. But but you're not like shit. Yeah, that's, you're not thinking to yourself shit. Yeah, that's yeah. a good podcast. I just I, I like to see what they think, and I don't even ask them. Well, what'd you think? Oh, that that sounds like me when my friends hang out. Or what? Hey, how does like that make you that? feel? How does that make you feel? No, it's like that's just me and my friends hanging out. It's it's not like I'm here to perform. I I come here to hang out and bullshit. You don't have a sense it. of pride when people say, you know what. This podcast is pretty fucking good. And you think, shit, yeah, it's pretty good because it's me and my buddies and we know what the fuck we're doing and this shit's pretty good. Oh, when Frank puts all his work into it, yeah. But, I mean, I'm not like, oh, that's me. Listen to me. I'm, I don't care less. I'd, I, dude, if the mics were here or they weren't here, I'd I, still I think be that pretty well sums – that sums up uh, – fix. I hear care less. Yeah. <laughs> if the mics were here or they weren't here, I would still be bullshitting with y'all with the same stuff except it wouldn't be – Save it for the podcast. It'd be more like I know, but I, I don't know. For me, whenever I listen, I really to this do shit. wish he had one of those little lapel mics like they have on the television, and just we just catch whatever he says, and I edit out the stuff that isn't interesting. That would probably work better than this whole arrangement. I I try, I try. You're saying I, I'm just saying I I I listen to some of our podcasts, and I'm genuinely I, I'm I'm genuinely proud of how some of the some of these turn out. <laughs> Where I'm like, holy shit! That not only like the sound quality is good, the editing is good. I, I sometimes think we have very concise, differing opinions, but I will sometimes go like, holy shit! You know what? That actually makes sense. I'm glad we talked about that, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at it differently. Uh, and, and I know we do that anyway, right? That's why we do this stupid pod- podcast. It's because we did this before. But so I, I like the fact that other people can listen to this stuff, and we get people critical thinking, and they and they disagree, and they don't disagree, and. Uh, I, if anything, and Frank can can contest to this, I always compliment on all the work he puts into it, like all the little stuff that I hear. Because I mean, we've been we've known each other for almost twenty years, so <laughs> I mean, us fighting and arguing about stuff is pretty normal for me. But yeah, like, all that other stuff you put in there that makes I think makes us sound way cooler than I think we are. <laughs> oh, we, we, it's definitely a, a polished version of us. Yeah. It's not a raw, unfiltered or anything. Yeah, because if they but, listen to. <laughs> Well, the, well, this is the thing, though, is we have numerous streams of podcasts that you can listen to, and I New, tend to numerous, isolate. Numerous I've been yeah, told. Yeah. We have several uh, streams, and I and I try to isolate stuff. There's a bunch of stuff that I do solo, and I edit that shit too. But it's nowhere near as good as the stuff that we do as a group because I, uh, engaging with one another and one-upping one another and shouting each other's opinions at one another, the energy that that has and the, the variety of perspectives, the variety of views are much more entertaining than just one guy going. Nah, 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 nah. So it doesn't matter how much I edit if I don't have the raw material to work with from the first place. So if you guys weren't the interesting fellows that you are and we didn't have the chemistry we have together, it still wouldn't be a good show. And it still may not be a good show. Look, I don't care. I think it's a good show because I listen to a bunch of podcasts and I enjoy listening to us. I enjoy listening to you. I mean, obviously, you're my friends, but you guys are sometimes full of shit and I don't want to hear the Lots. crap that's coming out of your mouths. Lots of times. Um, but when I listen to the podcast, I, I still find that entertaining uh, as, as an objective listener to the best degree that I'm capable of being so. Right. So I, I think we can give ourselves a little uh, Cub Scout patch for Good podcast check mark. I, I do think we get our, our Cub Scout patch for podcasting. That's yes. what I'm saying. So just fucking put put a patch on, man. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Hey, also archery. Hey, just put yeah archery and put a patch on it, man. Yeah. I still don't know what we're doing. This hey guys, is all uh, Max idea. Hey, gu- hey guys, thanks for the year of memories. Memories. Hey, it's like a creepy Casey Kasem. <laughs> the a creepy Casey Kasem. I think that makes it come all the way back around. Memories. It's just a normal guy talking to him. Like, 
Um, it's been an interesting year, definitely. It's it's been Getting, different, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we've ever from, busted on poor Fix It as much in all the years we've been together as we have on trying to get actually him to, get him on fucking task and doing a goddamn if, podcast. If someone were to be here and listen to us uncut, oh god, we'd all be in jail. Yeah, it's <laughs> man, you. If if you think that this is unfiltered, all the fucks and shits and 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 oh, and rapey jokes and stuff like that. Us, when we're completely, you know, uh, exposed, there's a reason why they put people in jail for that shit. So here's another thing, though. Like, I, I, I did not read comic books anymore, right? Yeah. So this has got me kind of back in the. Co- I can, we can talk about stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Because we didn't talk about comic books anymore, right? No, no. We, we no. kind of stopped talking about. Comic well, I mean, but we did a whole conversation on the Confederate flag and and race relations and stuff, the sort of thing that we probably shouldn't have on the air. Um, but we still had interesting things to talk about. It's nice though that you get to be part of the the geekier stuff, yeah, hey, where where me and Fix and Stay just kind of. I'm talking about comic books. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we would have done nice. that if it weren't for the oh, podcast. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Well, well uh, sometimes you have to narrow your focus some too, because there's a lot of podcasts out there where you would never find them because they've got so many different random ass topics that they go across how do you separate them from the herd at least amongst comic book ones you can kind of isolate yourself well what made you decide that you want to do this because like i still remember the first day we did it at max house mm-hmm. you bringing all the stuff together we're sitting at the table and you're like all right let's podcast and i remember thinking like what the fuck are we doing and you're like well just talk be yourself and i'm like i i was very skittish i'm like what the f- like what the fuck are we doing like i don't get what he wants like that's what I'm saying. This is not the if, tune the monkey usually dances to. If you <laughs> this go back, is very unusual for the monkey to dance if to. If you go back and listen to our Zero episode, we've all grown quite a bit when it turns Or our ability to present quote, ourselves. Quote, it sounds so stupid. Quote, unquote, broadcasting. But you have. You get more comfortable with the microphone in front of your head, and you start thinking differently before the mics turn on. You, you pre-think your plans a little bit more, your, your thoughts a little bit more. Uh, you start to anticipate questions you're going to ask. And we don't. I don't think we interrupt each other as much as we used to. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well... So see how I paused? You say bullshit, and then I started talking again. Before we were just going bar 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 bar. True, true. So uh, that's what I'm saying. I think that we've I think we've grown a bit. Over oh the yeah, years. no, I, I'd agree with that definitely. It's been fun. Uh, no, I, I mean, but you were talking about why we were getting that started. It's it's just like I was saying is. You know, I saw people do blogging, and I was like, "Well, I could take the stuff that I used to do on my little internet site, which itself was just like, oh, that's other people have internet sites. I want to have an internet site too. They talk about superheroes. I'll talk about a superhero, but mine will be Martian Manor because I'm interested in this character right now, and nobody else is covering him the way that I wanted him covered. Well, then when I did the the blogs, it's like, well, these guys are taking, you know, doing sort of what I did on the website." But they're doing it as a daily piece instead of having to try to put together an entire site and have everything all together all at once. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do daily blogging and I'll slowly build that site day by day the way that I had back in the day. And that's how I ended up having the the blog sites that I had. Well, with this, I, I didn't really listen to podcasts. And then two of the blogs that I followed, uh, Firestorm Fan and the Aquaman Shrine, started. they merged together. And our they good did, friends. Yes, our good friends. So they got together and they decided they were going to do a podcast. There was already a lot of podcasts out there. And Shag had already been working with other guys at other podcasts where he had some experience with that. And I listened to it and I liked it. And I was like, well, I'd like to do something like that. And, uh, you know, I appeared on their podcast within the first few months. Because uh, I was the loudest commentator that they had at the time. And then there were like a couple of guys in particular that I thought would be kind of cool. Since I'm the Marsh Manor guy, well, let's go with Ange, the Supergirl guy. And we'll do the... Shout out, Ange. Yeah, Red Sun, Red Planet podcast. But he doesn't seem like he's interested in podcasting. Plus, he's an ER doctor, so I think he's probably kind of busy for trying to work out the kind of schedules that would come with that. Shout out, ER doctors. And then Luke Giaconetti, he was doing podcasts. And he had a Hawkman blog. I'm like, well, Hawkman and Marsh Manor would go kind of good, too. They both have chest straps. You could probably do something with that. They're both aliens. All They're both detectives. 
but he Chest straps and fishnets. Yeah, he he had twin sons, and he seemed to kind of check out of a lot of stuff related to comic book stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I kind of fell by the wayside. And so, and I kept waiting on somebody else to give me a call because I didn't want to have to do the actual work of putting together a podcast. I just wanted to show up and talk a bunch of smack and then go to bed at night instead of having to edit for hours and hours. Um, and nobody ever called. And then your finally, third choice. <laughs> right. So basically, we're the last choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing of it is, it's not that. It's just that it didn't occur to me that y'all guys would ever want to do something like this. I thought that you guys actually had more productive, fulfilling lives than you apparently actually do since you've oh, done no, this for no, a long time. Yeah. Absolutely not. Life is awesome. Um, so I just, I never really thought that y'all would get into this stuff. Just like, like you guys never read my blogs or anything because y'all had better things to do than I read that. your blog. Yeah. I checked it out once in a while. Once in a while, yeah. Uh, hey, Mark Wade liked it though. He gave it a big sign of approval and tweeted it out to his followers. He thought it was really cool. One day, so shout out Mark yeah. Wade. Thanks, Mark Wade. If you so, haven't heard of Mark Wade, you can find him at Mark Wade. He writes comic books. So finally, I was like, well, what if I, since they had the Firestorm and Aquaman one, what if we did like a Tales of Suspense podcast where I would cover Captain America stories and Mac would cover Iron Man stories because I figured the odds were better getting Mac on a regular basis to try to do something like that. But then I, I, we all got went together and we had lunch at this one pretty nice restaurant, if I remember correctly. And I sprang the idea and Fix it was way more into the Mac. Mac seemed like he was like almost like what? What are you talking about? What? Are, what is this podcast thing you're talking about? Where Fix it actually listened to podcasts. He was into a lot of Kevin Smith stuff, and so he was like, "Yeah, podcast. That'd be cool. Let's do a podcast." And uh, so not to be young and dumb and full of yeah. And so the Tales of Suspense idea kind of fell by the wayside. And, you know, we also one of the reasons why I wanted to do Tales of Suspense is because I was going to try to get it knocked out before the release of Captain America the Winter Soldier. And then the final deadline was that was that year's 4th of July. And then once that passed, it's like, okay, well, I guess we won't do a Captain America podcast just yet. And so we did the Annihilation stuff. It's like, well, how do you cover, you know, what do you call an Annihilation podcast? It's like, well, the Marvel superheroes based on the cartoon. So that's how we ended up doing Marvel superheroes. But Fix It, I think, was still expecting us to do something a little bit more rambling. And, and more bullshitty and more organic. like you know, organic and that's what how we ended up with doing rolled spine because we would be bullshitting with the mics hot and it's like well this is good material this is fun and this um, the, the best stuff fix it does because he's more into this than he is a lot of this other shit that's very planned can't and very angle and I can't be restrained man. yeah you can't restrain this man you gotta jump around now the rolled spine name is is kind of interesting because um what was the first one we were trying to find something that was comic to me and Mac we're trying to figure out something that was comic related that could translate into podcasting, and we went through a bunch of different options. So you and I were like, I think we were even on the same website. Yeah, where they just t- they other. tell you all kinds of stuff about grading of comics right. and shit. Comic grading. Comic glossary, a comic book glossary, I think it was. Right, and all the different, you know, dog-eared corners right. and all the sun bleed, you know, all the, the shitty stuff. Mm-hmm. And I skipped over rolled spine because I'm going to save it Well, it later. wasn't rolled spine. It was a spine roll. The, the term was spine roll. And then you, I think you came up with roll spine, and then I did rolled uh, spine. Something like that. Something along those lines. We ended up both being on the same. Yeah. My well, only input the, was K. Because y'all texted me. Oh, yeah. We're going to call it rolled spine. I'm like, K. Yeah. And that was it. That was my only input. <laughs> Just making sure you were cool with well, that. Well, because I, I want to say there was uh, Well, because what I was doing is I was actually going through gold, golden age comic books and looking at their random ass titles, you know, because comic books in the 40s, they all had goofy, like Captain Billy's Whizbang and shit like that. They had goofy ass titles. So I tried a bunch of those and I tried a bunch of those on Mac and Mac was kind of lukewarm on that stuff. And then we both ended up on that glossary turn page. And once Rolled Spine was in our heads, it was like, okay, well, that's the one, obviously. Yeah, because I think there were a couple others. Ah, I wish I could freaking remember what the uh, some of the other ones were, but I would search them and I'd find them. And I'm like, damn it. Um, I think Squarebound was something we played with briefly. Maybe. 
uh, something about maybe direct the direct, direct edition, edition was the one you yeah. liked, and there, I think there was actually already a direct edition podcast was, or something. Yeah, um, I wanted to do one with maybe Zipatone or something like that. Mm. And I, yeah, it it just ended up yeah. we, we hit a good one. Yeah, rolled spine work. We got, we got a good one. Well, it kind of works too because you can imagine you've got that core of the same three guys are doing the podcasts, but it kind of rolls around and goes in different places, and it's not linear like you would expect from a podcast. And it's backbreaking work to yeah, edit no shit. And keep us on topic. No fucking kidding. <laughs> well, I, I, one of these days though, you guys really got to do some stuff where you just go off and do your own things too. I, I kept wait, waiting for Mac to do like a, a sports one or something or a car one. I know I, I talked to the problem is uh, that, that these genres don't cross, and I I, I just know they don't. You, mm-hmm. Sports people do not like cars. Mm-hmm. Cars, car people do not like sports. Yeah, and neither of them like comic books. And comic book people do not like cars, and they do not like sports. That, but I, don't, I, don't, I think so that might be more broad than you think. Of three though. different families. Yeah. I'm a bit of a renaissance man of shitty hobbies. <laughs> yeah, but you could actually promote your car podcast on your Twitter feed where people are into cars. For I'm instance. telling you, man, it's just uh, I don't know. Car people are. Assholes. And you know, I, I talked to uh, Curtis from uh, the Odyssey Unleashed podcast, and shout he, out he was, Curtis from yeah, Odyssey, Odyssey Unleashed. Yeah, he, he was wanting to do some wrestling stuff with you at some point. Talk wrestling? classic wrestling, man. I, I wish I could. I just. Uh, I'm just not versed enough. I wish I was. But well, you had versed. your period, though, where you and your brother and one of our other yeah, good friends dude. that I don't know what the hell happened to that guy were really into wrestling. Yeah, he, di- he probably died. He the one who, died. who liked to date girls that spackle on makeup with painter materials. Oh, oh, Wasn't he into wrestling, too? Suicide, probably? No, I don't think he suicided himself. Oh, come himself. on, dude. I think he just probably no. pays a prostitute on the side uh, is all. Auto, uh, probably accidental Auto-erotic death. Auto-erotic asphyxiation. asphyxiation. Yes, definitely. <laughs> he definitely in excess himself. <laughs> he, he definitely uh, came from kung fu himself. <laughs> That's uh, a whole different kung fu, crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, yeah, 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 but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not into it. I was into it then. I, I don't know. I guess I probably could. I could probably guest star. Well, you could. You, it, it, when it comes to Comic Palooza, the stuff you tend to get the most excited about is the wrestling guys, the old wrestling guys that were hot when you were a fan. Yeah, like Kevin Nash. When I saw Kevin Nash there, that was pretty cool. Big Papa Piper Pump was, was there. Cool. Big Papa Pump was cool as shit there. I didn't, I didn't talk to him, but. He was alive, right? It's, a, it's like seeing a unicorn. I see a, a, a wrestler that I saw on TV still alive, and I freak out a bit. You know, I, I don't. I've never had an interest in standing in line and talking to a celebrity and having them sign my book and all that kind of bullshit. What I like is seeing, being close enough to them to see their human flaws and see their your basic humanity. Like Sam from uh, True Blood, realizing just how small that guy is. That guy is is woman small. He is like a he's like a little woman type person. Because well, Anna saw- Paquin's really tiny, and you don't appreciate just how small he is relative to her. Because when you see him and you're a grown ass man, you're like, holy shit, that guy's tiny. Ernie Hudson was pretty cool when we saw my comic book. Yeah, movie. see, here's the thing with Ernie Hudson. I don't th- I don't know if I've actually seen him at the cons, but his you the shit. One of them. That guy's got some fucking troglodyte mentality when it comes to the women's though. Really? The, the shit he was talking about the girls in the Ghostbusters movie. It's just like what the fuck, dude. Can't you just let them have this you had your thing i know you're the one of the original ghostbusters you're the guy they got after they gave eddie murphy's lines to bill murray and i know this was like your thing this is like the thing that you had nobody nobody knows you from anything else except maybe the cop from the crow and i don't think anybody remembers that no, too oz well. oh well, he had any oz too but the, his big thing is ghostbusters everybody yeah. saw ghostbusters so i understand being protective about it but don't talk shit about women as the other half of the fucking species you know like he's he you know that kind of shit like oh women aren't funny and that kind of shit you know why, Whoa, why, why are they gonna put yeah he did shit like john that belushi like, thought the same why would thing, you so yeah but john belushi died <laughs> almost 40 years ago so i'm willing to cut him a little bit more 
more slack. It was a similar Dif- time. Different era. It's, it's like uh, Mark Twain and the N-word. You know, you just kind of go, okay, well, that was that time period. Oh, I got well, you. I got you. Although I'm positive John Belushi would still feel the same way today. And he would have been in Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters with Eddie Murphy, which would have been a fucking awesome movie. I'd have loved to have seen that movie. No, he would have been Slimer. Because Ghostbusters is a super fucking <laughs> he is overrated. Slimer. What do you mean? He's dead by the yeah. time. <laughs> he was, Slimer is actually John Belushi. Uh, yeah. People don't realize it's side eye. He's like uh, John Belushi. That was their shout out to John Belushi. He was Slimer in uh, the Ghostbusters films. And now you know. Well, if he didn't die from the eight ball, he could have died from all those hot dogs. So. <laughs> It's Slimer. Hey, did you see the tracks on his arm doing his? Oh. No, there were no tracks on Slimer's arm. I do not think so. I, okay, I cannot say definitively. But I'm pretty sure if you we got to get the Blu-ray. the Blu-ray, you're gonna see Slimer got the tracks. Uh, maybe I haven't seen it in Blu-ray. So maybe I, the details. There. I'm just thinking that all of a sudden, all those people being super addicted to Ecto Cooler, I see, <laughs> makes a lot more sense now. Shout out Ecto Cooler. Oh, this is a good podcast. Do they start they start warming it up on their spoons before? <laughs> they do not warm up. They do not tie their arms off with a hose whenever they're warming up their ecto cooler. They're just warming it up a little bit. Why am I some ecto cooler? Oh man, good times, good times. <laughs> But Ghostbusters is a super overrated movie, and I wish people would get the fuck oh, over it. And I can't dude, wait to see you, you the extremely funny women. So much, dude. I was. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Like you're like from the age of Inception to now, I hate everything between there. I was like, every time we come up with something, dude, you hate it. So, yeah. you think we'll get sued for saying Slimer had tracks on his arms? No, no, no. I don't. I don't think Slimer okay, can just, lawyer up for. Uh, I just, I just had a slander. visual image of like Slimer like leaning on a corner. Falling asleep, needle hanging out of his arm. You know. That's how he fucking died. <laughs> Actually, wasn't there like some <laughs> internet... Slimer impression. <laughs> I was wondering if you were Wasn't there some internet meme? Get on that chop. No, you're saying Frank? Oh, wasn't there some internet thing where people were asking how Slimer died? There's like a big thing for a while there. <laughs> I can imagine. I, 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 I think our I think our view of it's John Belushi's ghost really works. I think that that is the Dude, best. That's, that, that is probably the best way Dude, to look at it. It's going to hit. This shit's going to blow up on Twitter. <laughs> we just pulled a pin on this grenade and threw it in Twitter. Let's see what happens. I'm not on Twitter, so y'all got to let me know. You guys are bumming me out with John Belushi dead. <laughs> and, well, and Slimer. Well, because Jim lived. That's why you're John Belushi. <laughs> no, you're really the funny, less about funny Belushi survived. That would be depressing. <laughs> hey, shout hey, out you're, Jim Belushi. You're the you're the one who liked Red Heat. What the fuck? No, because it was Arnold, dude. Oh, you liked Arnold? Yeah, yeah. Arnold was what good. What was that line that he had in that movie? Which one? Uh, Red Heat. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Which one was better, K Nine or Turner and Hooch? Oh, definitely Turner. And Hooch. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he didn't no, even win Tom the Hanks dog cop. It was kind of all downhill for Tam, Tom Hanks after Turner. <laughs> didn't you believe she did something? I, I know he had a sitcom. <laughs> he just lived through. <laughs> he tried to follow Slimer's trail. Uh, didn't he have a TV show? He had a TV Jim show. Lyle. Was that was that what the only thing he, he had? On Reba. Wait, didn't he have a random shit. I told you I watched Trimmers today. So. <laughs> okay. Wasn't he on like Queen of King of Queen? No, I don't. Th- he, he had his own show with Co- Courtney Thorne Smith from from Melrose Place because it's yes, totally realistic. You're right. You're right. That, yeah. that, that existed. Yeah, that existed. Something about like Life with Jim or about oh. Jim or some shit like that. Yeah. But I thought he actually had like at least a movie where he mattered and he was actually like the star where it did something. Well. 
I mean, remember him being like shit like about last night and stuff. But didn't Jim Belushi ever have anything movie wise that nah, was he just went his? the way of Joe, was it a Joe Piscopo? There's a name not many hey, people remember. Joe Piscopo made Dead Heat with Treat <laughs> Williams. So, damn it. You throw that name, and I'm going to say about a third of our hey, wait, this, be like, who's this? Well, you know what's funny? Podcast, huh? when, when, yeah, but it's uh, trust me, it's gone off the rails. I think it's going to end up on a rolled spine. Shit. Although I might collect the secret origin stuff because I don't think that's cool enough for rolled spine. So fuck. Oh yeah, did y'all ever see uh, Joe Piscopo? That's the funny thing is because Joe Piscopo and Eddie Murphy saved Saturday Night Live. Yeah. They were easily the co-stars of the show at a time when they had stars, as opposed to the original cast where everybody was so good that you couldn't just say this guy was a star except for Chevy Chase. And since he left after that first season, it got the star notion out of the way. Where when they were on the show, they were the stars. They were the funniest people in the show easily. And Eddie Murphy goes on to this stellar movie career, and Joe Piscopo just fucking crashed and burns how the fuck does that play with your mind well, dude, whenever you do a skit of stevie wonder and frank sinatra right. yeah you're you're not gonna make it i am black and you, you are white, white. Uh, what was that, uh, i can uh, you're blind as a bat and yeah. i've got sight yeah i yeah. <laughs> remember from joe piscopo's that he was like a staple on hollywood squares because he had no fucking career <laughs> right and it's funny because he was actually pretty funny on saturday night live i hear he's a enormous asshole yeah, I've heard think, that too. Yeah, that may actually. Well, but so is Eddie Murphy. Yeah, but Eddie Murphy continued to be funny, where Piscopo couldn't translate that saying. to film. That's what I'm saying. I, so I don't understand what the what did Eddie Murphy have that he didn't. Eddie Murphy was cool, right? Yeah, that was part. Well, but Eddie Murphy was funnier than Piscopo. Sure, and he had Joe better, Piscopo and he had more characters cool. too. That didn't Joe, hurt. He got all like freaking roided out. Yeah, he, yeah. he went like carrot top roids, like yeah. big time. Yeah. Huge. I think he was taking out his frustration on his body. Carrot Top is scary as shit, dude. I saw. That dude is fucking We are creepy. not taking this podcast, Carrot. I can see the path that's starting to go down. I'm going to reel this shit back in. So We're going hey down guys, the rabbit hole. You're going to reel the roll? Wait, did you take the blue pill or the red pill? Hey, guys. good. Clearly the red pill because Ginger. Hey, guys. What I'm saying is pat yourself on the back. Good year of podcasting. Oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. Shit. I forgot to. So, like, we, we interviewed Peter David and an artist to be named later. Actually, well, this, probably email, this probably be after. He's right? going to turn up on the Captain America episode a little bit, JM just a little bit. Dematius, uh, Dematius, Dematius. Yeah, because yeah. that's the part I'm actually having trouble with. If you can believe that, is the first two letters. I can't remember if it's day or D, but the Matisse I definitely have down because we said it back and forth enough times, and it's Matisse, the it's artist. Dematius, Dematius. So, yeah, and, and it was unbelievable because okay, well, and his interview is way better than Peter David one. By the we're way, we're going to do a little comment. Oh, oh yeah, it was totally. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's never great the first time, buddy. Uh, <laughs> It was, it's shorter than you would have liked. Well, you paid too actually, much for it. <laughs> I, 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 still, I still think Peter wanted to hang out with us, man. When he was telling us the rest of his schedule. Well, no, no, but yeah, he no, was like, guys, uh, okay. guys, I'm going to be at Barnes yeah, no, later, and, and no one's going to be there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking Peter like, wants us to hang. Like we could be his posse. <laughs> we can he wants hang us to with Peter. Peter's he wants posse. To bring some Lone Star and tamales, and really, we'll find out about Houston, man. <laughs> um, we could have been rolling with Peter, man. That would have been a fun podcast. So yeah, we never got to. We didn't even talk. I wanted to put a little talk about Comic Palooza before one of these interviews. Okay, well, actually, Ange specifically wanted us to talk about Comic Palooza. Yeah, yeah. So, what did you guys think of Comic Palooza this year? This will be this will be quick, short, and sweet. Pretty easy. You okay? I'm gonna say this right now. Frank appears to be getting a little burned out with Comic Palooza. Well, uh, yeah, it's not so much that. It's here's the thing. I've got bills I need to pay. I went to school for a few years there. I ran up some some tolls there, so it's hard for me to go to a comic convention and spend a bunch of money on art commissions and stuff. And that's the main thing I do at comic conventions. It's the thing that kept me interested for a while. And also, hey, which by the way, side plug, check out the website Idlehead of Diablo, where he posts a lot of these commissions. He gets these freaking artists, who some are no name, some are very much name, to draw some of the most mm. obscure fucking characters from Martian Manhunter lore. You'll be like, this character looks ridiculous. And then you'll see who drew it. And we're like, wow. 
Frank actually had to hand this human being a reference of a squirrel in a fucking trench coat. A man in a, in a squirrel suit who in, robs. Which I still think it's one of the best ones. It's awesome. Yeah, Chris Beaver. Yeah, so it's yeah. great because he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to get a so-and-so to draw this. Really? What are you going to get him to draw? A fucking squirrel. Well, no, but hey, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go commission Ethan Van Cyver. Oh, dope. You're going to get him to draw uh, Marshall Manhunter? Nope. Zook. <laughs> His little intonate imp. And I'm like, you're going to pay how much? And you're this much. Oh. Well, no, that was only forty bucks. Well, it doesn't. No, but it the cool matter. stuff is though. You let you give the artists the license to do whatever bucks? they want. No, I don't give them the license to do whatever they want. I want them to do the fucking character. But is their interpretation? Yes, their interpretation. And I, I still believe. Do I want to draw Batman for the one hundred fifty thousandth time, or do I want to draw Mister Moth? Personally, what I'd want to draw Mister Moth if I were an artist. I'd want to do something completely different. And there's an enthusiasm that comes with that because, like, hey, I get to really do something and, nifty here. And you do. Different. I mean, we've, we've been with you. And you go to pick up your pieces, or and while the artist is drawing it, and you can tell they're generally enthusi- enthusiastic about drawing something they've never drawn before. Yeah. Because literally, they've never. They're like, "What? The, where's this character from? What?" And right. you're having to educate them, which is pretty cool. But see, the, the thing of it is, now the comic blues has been out for several years. There's a lot of the same artists showing up year after year. And so the shtick, I think, starts to wear out for a while for them. And, you know, sometimes sometimes the pieces are great. Sometimes they're not so great. And so after a not-so-great one, you're not as interested in going and get another piece. But this year, what it was is I just don't have a lot of money. And there's a bunch of conventions this year. And I was really interested in getting these interviews done and trying to screw up the nerve to start interviewing people, which is not something I've ever thought I'd end up doing. Also, there, there was one or two artists that kind of threw a little attitude at me, like I'm not coming up and spending money with them. So, you know, I'm, I'm the bad guy. I'm not helping to support their table this year. And so that really turned me off. They, also, this year's Comic-Palooza, a lot of the guys that got were people that either don't do pieces at all or they were going to charge me exorbitant amount of some money for an extremely dicey piece. And I didn't feel like doing that. And I just... I, I'm just tired of all the running around and stuff. I actually kind of want to do some more smaller shows. There's a couple of smaller ones coming to town with some artists that are not people who've been in Houston often or lately. And I, I just wanted to do something different. But also, I just wanted to actually enjoy the con for once because um, every year that I've gone since that first year, it's been like with a heavy agenda where I've got to go. i got to get yeah, this piece from this guy. This, and it was so tense. And this year, I just walked around and I looked at cosplayers and I bought comic books and shit. And it's like I just got to enjoy it as an actual convention for a change. How about you there, Mr. Fixit? You go every year, multiple days. What's up, man? Yeah, I think we'll come back on the multiple days. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, too yeah. much. Yeah, you can. Two days, I think, is pretty solid for it. Yeah. Anything more than that. Even, even as big as that show's gotten, that two days is probably enough to get the good stuff out of it. Well, they just. It's. It almost feels like an arts and crafts show now to me. Like, there's either people selling their art or selling their crafts, which is cool. But there's, I mean, I go, I, I say hi to the celebrities. I don't pay for autographs. I'll go and shake the hands and tell them how much I enjoy their work. Um, the cosplayers will do their thing. And then we we might go check out a couple of show, you know, a couple of the, uh, what are they, um, conferences? Oh, the panels. The panels. Yeah. And that's about it. And, I mean, a good Friday and Saturday, you're pretty much done to drag yeah. it out two more days. I mean, I try to do all four days and... I think one day, Monday, I just went there for like an hour. I was bored. Yeah, I skipped Monday entirely. Yeah, so. I just, it, it's fun, but um, definitely too much fun. Yeah, it, it, if, with me, since I'm getting the commissions, it takes time for somebody to draw a piece and to juggle your piece versus everybody else's piece. So but I get, sometimes. But you gotta stay on them. You, you gotta kind yeah, of. Yeah, sometimes. Well, no, no, no. I mean, so it, 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 that's the thing, is it depends on the artist. Some artists are fucking absolute pros. They, they, they do something really cool and they do it quick and it's awesome. And there's some guys that you got to give them the time, but, and sometimes it'll take months. Sometimes I've had to do stuff where I've dealt with mail order or, or, or I catch them at the next convention to actually pick up the piece and it's absolutely fucking worth the wait. 
And then there's that one son of a bitch that ripped off my girlfriend who three years later still hasn't produced a piece of artwork for us that we need to all go up and like intimidate him by, by being, you know, big, nasty looking guys. So, uh, it, it just depends on the artist. Some of the guys are great. Some of the guys are not so great. The guys are get pieces from over and over again. There's a reason for that. I like their work I lo- or, or I like the price or something that's getting me to come back to them over and over again. So it should, nobody should take personal offense if I don't catch them in a particular year, but, I, it did bother me that it's like, oh, I've been buying art for me from like every year, sometimes multiple pieces of artwork in a given year. And then the one year where I just don't have the money and I'm you know, going to throw shade at me, it just it bothers me. Hey, did that happen to you this year? Yeah. Hey, don't sh- don't throw shade at Frank, please. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not a bad care. guy. I'm pretty enthusiastic. I, I pay cash money in advance. You know, don't yeah, be, you're very you're accommodating too. You'll have to tell me who it was later, man. I'm curious. Uh, yeah. Here's what I think about Conkpalooza. I fucking hate cosplay and mm-hmm. I'm over it. Yeah. I want it to stop. All it does is it reminds me of the st- – so I was an art student before mm. I went into uh, my current profession. And it reminds me of hanging around all the halls around the art building and all these stupid drama kids that drive me insane. They were overly eccentric. And we're never going to become actors. And you know what they do now? They do cosplay. Mm. And most of their outfits are terrible. And all cosplay is made up of fifty or 49.999% Jokers and 49.99999% Deadpools. And variants of those two, and then you got a few like anime people sprinkled. You, you have to incorporate Harley Quinn into the Joker area because right. there's a, a ton of Harley Quinns, and that's it. And and then so then like we were walking around, and I'm seeing like groups of drama kids who are like putting on skits in front, and I'm just like, this is the this is just dumb shit. Like you're not even here buying anything. You bought a ticket to try and put on a show for people, and again, I, I guess that that gets. But to me, like I could take a day of that. I cannot take more, and I and I have to have you guys there. For support as I make fun of them, because I, oh, and he does. You need somebody oh, to listen to the jokes. Yeah, you got to listen to me, otherwise I'd just be a crazy person walking around, just getting into fights, probably. But I, I can't stand it. And then, you know, we go upstairs, and there's like a live Celtic band where they're singing, like they're doing Lord of the Ring soundtrack covers and shit. And I'm just like, I can't handle that either. And then we turn around, and there's like extreme midget wrestling over here, and it's just it's too much for me. And you know what? There's not enough of. There's not enough comic books. Yeah, well, yeah. which I find frustrating. And then there's a, there, but there's, a, there's a lot of fucking comic books though. You can't say though, there's man. no comic books. There's a lot Dude, of Dude, that one comics. that one table that were they're doing like package deals of like runs. Oh, well that guy's an asshole. Dude, that was insane when he was I'm like, "Dude, you can go buy the trade with all these books for like $20." Yeah, see, yeah that's and, for like 75 bucks. Or, or that, five that guy years of Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, "What the fuck?" But the, the, somebody, okay, there, that guy's obviously a big asshole, but either somebody's paying for that shit or he's using his convention appearances to launder drug money, which I've heard happen. You know, it's like, that's a good way. It's like, you're not going to make any money. You keep all your props because you've got everything overpriced and you're laundering drug money. Uh, there was actually a, a, back in the nineties, there was a guy here in town that got busted for doing that shit. He always, but in his case, he was great. He had great deals. He sold comic books that were worth way more money than what he was charging for them and without any care in the world. He was awesome because he had all that drug money and he was using well, the, the cons to cover well, for but, the money. But, but I, do wanna, I don't want to rip on the, there are some legitimate cosplay that show up to these shows. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, I absolutely like the cosplay. The only time I don't like the cosplay 
fight is when they're physically in the freaking way, which happens too right. often. Right, where right. they fucking will just they there'll clog, be a sea of them, and you can't get past I got them. To, I, they clog up the whole aisle to put on some stupid skit, mm-hmm. and no, but everybody's like, "Oh my god, look at those cosplayers! They're putting on a skit," and they all stand around. And I'm like, "I'm just trying to get to look at some fucking t-shirts, man. right? One other way so I can buy some." And, and the damn parade they have, I hate that. Damn one thing. Dude, some of them are cool. I mean, I got to meet Doom Kitty, which I think no, she's but that's what we're saying. That's what she we're trying was to a say. Great, you know, she was really cool to talk to real quick and individual cosplayers individual costumes i think are cool it's when you get a mass of them and there's a whole bunch of them they and all suck they're and they're pa- getting in the way and they're yeah. attention whoring and they're party city hacks they're going there's yeah. lots of party city costumes yeah. and chopping them up and throwing some face paint on well, I no, the, the one thing i thought it was strange is that there were so many oh, it, it, uh, the liquor could, stands all over comic palooza mm-hmm. like that i thought was kind of strange what? to me yeah all those little liquor what stands they've got they, now oh Oh yeah, it just pisses me off because they close those down at like seven o'clock. And like last year, I tried to go to a drunk trivia challenge deal, and they they closed the bar immediately as it was starting. So unless you were drunk coming in, you couldn't get drunk over the course of the trivia challenge. Yeah, so that was that was like kind of defeated the purpose. Next year, we need to just Uber it. Oh yeah, to Uber in, Mm -hmm. hit up a bar afterwards. Yeah, let torch go go to that Neil's place. Yeah, Neil's bar. Neil's bar, and then big big shout out to Neil's bar. Great bar. Hey, if you guys ever in Houston, go to Neil's bar. It's basically a nerd bar. They show yes, yeah, one. It's all now. video games and, yeah, and it's near to George R. R. Brown. That one or Joystick. Trade, Joystick have, is a good one. They have trades everywhere. You can pick up and read while you're drinking and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, me and Mac went, went there. Me and Mac went there a couple weeks ago. So let's just get Very torched. Let's go get torched and then just Uber at home. That would be cool. That would be good. Yeah. Uber, like the kids do. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't want to trash all the common palooza. Like I said, there, there is there is some interesting stuff there that's that's good, but that, that was something that really. It yeah. gets on my nerves. George R. Brown is so big, and they keep taking up Huge. more and more of the. I mean, it's it's a city block essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it is. Well, yeah. It's more than it's a city more block. than a city block. Isn't it's it? like a well, yeah. To walk from from one well, end of Georgia around to the other, it's like three or four city blocks. And then of okay. course and they, they, they don't use, take up the entire do, thing. And what and the width well, no, too? I mean, it's floors. like. Two or three floors. The width is probably one city block. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, and then multiple stories. So the they have so much space that as much as I don't care to walk past like all the science experiments and astronaut stuff, there are people who are into that, and that's their space. Yeah. And and I don't, I just don't have to walk over that far end of the of the show. I can just stop and not walk over there. So there's no sense about taking offense at something that I'm not interested in taking in spe- up space when there's so much stuff that I am interested in that I can get to. The only thing I do uh, wish is that they would space out some of the stuff more, put some comic stand over near the astronauts so that it, everybody isn't concentrated into one area if you're trying to look through like back shoe bins and yeah. stuff. That would be kind of nice. So I just want to say... Diversify the, the layout more, I think. I want to end it with this. So Frank, I, I meet Frank there and he'd kind of mentioned this in the past but I thought he was full of less shit. And he goes, hey, I bought a mixer. I'm going to interview Peter David. And I said, no, you're not. Put that shit back in your car. <laughs> We're going to get thrown out. Please don't. He's like, no, 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 no. Think about it. Artists, you're commissioning their time so... Writers sit here and they just bullshit with people for free. Well, that's what they do for a living. They write, they converse, they, you know. So he goes, I don't know why I couldn't just commission some of their time. And I said, You're going to get us thrown out. Please don't do this. I can't be near you while you're doing this. <laughs> and then I nearly had a panic attack and fell down on the ground. <laughs> Once we actually got over to Peter David, you mean? Well, right, because we're like standing behind one of these big pillars that support the roof for George R. Brown Convention Center and we're like checking levels and I feel like we're doing something illegal and we're plugging it in and it's everything's working and then he's like okay well I, I think I'm going to walk over there now and I was like please don't do this please reconsider this <laughs> and then he walked over and you know uh, obviously you, you grease the wheels a little bit with some I think he, well, they have you, fantastic negotiating skills man uh, unbelievable <laughs> negotiating skills but but Peter David was like 
shit, wait a second. You're going to pay me to sit here and talk? All I'm going to do is answer questions I've probably answered a million times. Uh, pull up a chair, right? Like, right. He, was like, he literally a- let me yeah. pull up a chair. That yeah. was He's awesome like, of him. Pull up a chair. He goes, if you don't mind me break whenever people want to come over so I can sign some stuff, that's fine. And you're like, dude, go ahead. And you were being a very, very accommodating. I think yeah, they- because it's their con too. I'm not, I can't, I'm not buying the, a table or some shit. It's not my space. And these guys should be able to walk up and say, hey. And uh, so that's cool. You know what happened to, uh, and I've got it recorded while we're interviewing Peter David, Barry Bostwick of oh, Spin yeah. City and Rocky Horror Picture fame showed up. I'd gone to the panel where he was at fucking around with uh, his co-stars, Nell Campbell and Patricia O'Quinn. I think that was JM. No, no, that was oh, Peter no, no, David. Was Peter, because Peter David's oh, wife, his wife took a picture. Yeah. Yeah, his wife took a picture. No, Peter David's wife owns a pair of Barry Boswick's underwear that he had signed related to Rocky Horror Picture Show. And so, and yeah, I ended up chatting with Barry Boswick for a minute there. Just, you know, nothing significant, but he's just like, you know, hey, how you doing? The kind of stuff. And it's, and I was like, hey, I enjoyed the show. He's like, oh yeah, that's cool and stuff. Hey, it was just neat just to hang out and like, hey, I'm bullshitting with Barry Boswick. All right. That's and, worth the money alone. But, there, but, there are people who are paying money to be able to go and walk up and do that. And I just have it, had it happen because I'm sitting by some dude. I would say that being there, and you guys listen to the podcast, and you'll listen to uh, our uh, JM Matisse's podcast, and, and you'll you'll hear that these guys are genuinely enthusiastic because, like his artist commissions, home dudes asking questions that these guys don't ever answer. The, you know, whenever Peter David gets in front of one of these panels, he's on freaking just auto dial, like he's just repeating the same answers to the same questions over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can tell you were asking questions, and he's all like, oh, "Shit, nobody ever asked me if I." You know, had done. The, why, why didn't I take yeah. over after Giffen left uh, uh, Justice League, Justice and, League yeah. International? Right? Yeah, I would have been the perfect person, and I have. He would script, have right? been. It would have been and, great because the guy who took over was Dan Jurgens, who had contempt for the characters that were on the team, who could not write comedy to save his life. And I'm not saying that I, I, I'm not trying to diminish Dan Jurgens. I think he's a good writer, a great artist for straight superhero stuff. But you don't have him follow Giffen and Demetis on freaking Justice League International. It was horrible, and it's it's a it was the start of a long hated run that canceled the book right so, so because then not just not his specific run but like he started a series of people who had no business writing that book writing and drawing the book until it crashed and burned and had to be revived by grant morrison and peter it's, Por- it's, howard porter it started the great theme of that uh that interview where he would go that's an excellent question no and you can tell like some of those questions where he was or you when you asked him what was the uh, the aquaman run he did uh oh atlantis chronicles atlantis chronicles he got fired up for that he loves that book and uh, you know he they, they never have collected it they've never treated it correctly yeah he brought that up too i guarantee yeah. you he never gets asked about that in these stupid panels, but as soon as you brought it up, he was like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about Atlantis Chronicles. I was at a party, and so-and-so tells me that they're going to treat this like Watchmen, and like I was like, oh, shit. Peter I think David. it was Jordan o or, or Levitz and, and definitely Jeanette Kahn. Yeah, and, and I was like, oh, shit, Paul, like, Peter David is getting fired up about this <laughs> yeah. And then it was the same with JM. Like, he was... Take yeah. it back with well, the, the thing with his is I, I had okay I, I I could interview either one of those guys for hours, but I had not done the prep work for Peter David. I knew that it was going to be a shorter, quicker interview and more focused. So that's one of the reasons why I went with him first because I knew doing the Dematis was going to be harder because I had a lot of material I needed to ask about. But I was still only researching like his Defenders run and his Justice League stuff, and that's pretty much all we were talking about. But it got because the questions were in depth and he was having to give more in depth answers. I thought he was much more engaged than he would have been with the same thing because he had like the border plate answers. I saw him at a at a panel uh, where people would ask him, "Well, what was it like writing Doctor Fate?" And you could hear even though he was enthusiastic about the book because he's great. He's he's great he's uh, awesome. speaker, but you. Could 
could tell that he was also somewhat of a canned answer because you could see he was just rattling it off without even really having to think about what he was saying because he answered that question so many times. But then I'd come at him and ask him, you know, about Satanism, and he's like, first he's like, oh, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? He's kind of, I, I can see a little bit of concern in his yeah, eyes like, when oh, I first wrote no, that. And then it went somewhere. He's like, oh, good, no, this guy isn't crazy. He's just giving, asking me deep shit. He's asking and he got stuff. into it, so that was awesome. Yeah, I love that. Like, we, so I got to listen to that one. That's a we, much, we talked to. Well, okay, and we'll talk about why you haven't heard that one. So it was because at the end of that hour. I still felt like he was ready to to keep talking, and I was I almost felt I was like, man, is there a way I can like nudge Frank? I feel like we should wrap this up just because I feel like this is going to go on forever because JM just keeps talking like he was so <laughs> engaged in it, and it, he had a great time. That's, I mean, afterwards he was like, thank you very much. I mean, that he was this was terrific. You know, it was the pleasure was mine. You know, he, he was really happy about it, and the reason Fixit didn't hear any of it was because he just walked away. <laughs> Dude, you know, I went to go do some convention stuff. You just walked away. Well, I don't. I, I didn't. Did, honestly, I didn't know y'all were going right away. Because I remember yeah. there was like all these breaks between people. No, I did. It was um, you, you, I think you literally said, "I'm gonna walk right over here. I'll be right back." Yeah. And we didn't see you for two hours, dude. <laughs> like you were gone, dude. It was unbelievable that how you had just vanished. And I just kept telling Frank, he just walked away. He's just. We didn't know where you were. It was unbelievable. I, it was damn near impressive. <laughs> damn near. The, the callousness was was uh, superhuman. I, I, you, you, I, knew we were I pu- you knew we I were try. putting on that we were talking to a creator. I'm holding a mixer. Frank's re- you know recording stuff, and you're just like, this is awesome, man. You were there for the whole time with Peter David, and then you were just fucking gone, dude. <laughs> like just <laughs> into the the ether. You just vanished into thin air, and it was, it was I couldn't believe like it. the devil. Well, that does, does. Well, here's my question: Does J. Mark Dematis actually mean anything to you? Does that name yeah, mean anything? Yeah, to dude. You? I'm, I've what have you, what have you read of his stuff? What, okay, what did, well, uh, okay, wait a second. Yeah, I know that name. I think I know some of his stuff, and then you immediately go, "Uh, what did I read?" Well, I'm you don't. Remember, then no, he doesn't mean anything to you. No, no, I'm trying to remember. He's written. Because I personally think he's one of the greatest comic book Spectre. writers ever. I wanted to read his Spectre stuff. I don't think he ever wrote the Spectre. I think you're thinking of John Ostrander. You're thinking of Dr. Oh, Fate. Oh, probably. Yeah. No, was it Dr. Fate? Oh, I love J. Mark's uh, uh, run on Suicide Squad. <laughs> Fucker. No, I've seen it. I've Did, seen it. Was writing. that right after I mean, the I'm not run? a huge fan. <laughs> right after Bendis, but before Jonathan Hickman. Oh, I'm not right a huge right fan Jonathan of his. I, I actually think I do have the collection or his run of uh, the JLA International. Mm-hmm. Fryho gave him to me. Um, hey, Mac, Mac, what do you think of uh, Craven's Last Hunt? Craven's Last Hunt's for fucker. Shit. <laughs> you remember that one, fucker? See, look at that. He's getting hood. <laughs> He is. He's he's getting, he's getting about as good as this young man. Don't <laughs> try to get hood on me, man. You ain't gonna win, <laughs> anyway, gonna win in the end. So I, I, I just, do, do, seriously though, don't, didn't you like at least Craven's last? No, night? no, dude. I I know the guy, Death but I'm not. The Wolf, right? I'm not. A, he, he I'm, no, that was Peter David. Peter, I'm, I'm getting, just getting the. I'm getting him mixed up. Dude, yeah. like, That's right. There's certain yeah. writers. Okay, there's certain writers I follow religiously. Then there's other writers I'll see. Like Keith Griffin, Giffen. I'm sorry, Keith Giffen. Good save. It's it's. <laughs> Kind of hit and miss, like some stuff. Oh uh, no, right. Keith Given is super fucking hit and yeah, miss. Yeah, there's there's some of my favorite comics ever were by him, and some comics I fucking love yeah, were so, by him. And then Jay Dimitis, they're they're one of those where I'll see it and I'll look there. There's some artists, there's some writers I will buy the book because of the writer. I don't care who it is about. Mm-hmm. I'll read it because I'm 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 basing it on the writer. There's some I'll look at the writer. I'm like he's a decent writer. What's the comic book about? And if it's something I'll interest, I'll pick it up. There's um, the the best example is um, Akuda. Aku, what's his name? Uh, Akuna. He did um, Major Bummer. Oh, John Arcudi. Yeah, Arcudi. Like yeah. him, I, it's a hidden miss. There's stuff well, I've got him. a trade of his in that stack, really? by the way. So yeah. there's there's certain guys I will read 
but I have to look at the the, the characters they're writing for. Because yeah. sometimes they just don't work. Like, I liked his major bummer stuff, but I didn't like his Gene 13 stuff. Mm, yeah, so, well, Gary Frank was not a good pick for that either. I love Gary Frank, and I still wouldn't follow Gene 13 because he had no business drawing that book. It was a completely... It was kind of weird style for him. It was No, well, because it's a cheesecake book. And it works when you've got someone like J. Scott Campbell who's doing this kind of cutesy, cartoony, so sexualized to- stuff. And then Gary Frank comes there and does this super realistic stuff. And Arcudi's trying to do it as a drama. And it's like, that is not what anybody signed on this Gary fucking Frank. book for. Gary Frank is, Gary Frank is Gary fucking Frank. awesome. Fuck but that doesn't mean he's great on anything, though. Just anything. It's maybe great drawings, but maybe that doesn't mean he's right the book. So right. like, like I said, J. Dematiz is like that for me. I have to see something. Well, I mean, I'm not trying like, to bust. I mean, I'm bust your balls a little bit. Well, like, but mostly, Craven's Last Hunt's... Fucking, I think one of the best old school Spider-Man stories out there. Nice right. qualifier. Um, but no, the point is, is that this isn't a guy who resonates with you, and that's no. why you didn't hang out. And that's cool. That's fine. Well, dude, I told you, I was, I was starstruck when I met Peter David. Like, yeah, I know. I, I yeah. never get starstruck, and I met him, and I was like, because he's one of your favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've met two. I've met him and George Perez. So you know. Honestly, as much as I was fucking with you, the main point was that Mac couldn't understand why you'd walk away, and I totally understand because you don't connect to that guy the way you did with Peter David. you're gonna sit there and listen to us talk with Peter David, where the other guy is not going to mean as much to you whereas for me it's like well, already, as, as much as i love peter david and i love peter david's work and i would i I've definitely could have talked with him for hours and hours more but i mean part of the reason why i focused so much on on dematis and why i had so many questions for him besides the fact that he was relevant to stuff we're doing with the podcast but also because i've read so much of his stuff and so much of his work has meant so much to me i mean i didn't even get around to talking about cap to, uh, to him about captain america and he, thankfully, he brought it up, and I got some use out of that. But uh, I mean, I wasn't even prepared to do the research I needed to do for his Captain America run because so many of his runs have been so meaningful to me. He, for me, was like Peter David was for you. Well, I mean, I told you I met Peter David on Friday, mm-hmm. and we got that really cool license, his driver's license story, yeah. which I I just thought was cool as shit. I mean, he told us this great story. He's joking around and. Me and Fryho were just sitting there and, you know, just kind of hanging out with him, taking some pictures with him, and he was yeah. just really well, cool. Well, the time we recorded that, we, we blew it off and destroyed that recording, so you might want to tell the story right quick, because we, oh, we don't we um, keep that. Sure. So we went to Peter David's table, and they were asking him if he wanted a blown-up picture of himself behind him, so people knew who he was. And he says, most times people who know me will come up to me, people who don't, that's fine, I'm, I'm fine with that. And they're like, but would you like a picture? And he goes, well, the only picture I'll use is in my wallet. He pulls out a driver's license, and it's a picture of him doing this surprise look where he's like, his mouth's open, he has this gaspy look. And and people are like, how did you get away with that? So he tells us the story of how he took the picture pre-9-11. He said he went to the D, uh, DMV. They said, okay, stand up for your picture. He did that crazy pose. They said, you can't stand like that. Okay, he got this. They did the crazy pose. They're like, we can't take that picture. He says, okay. He did the crazy pose, and they're like, fuck it. Okay, fine. They take the picture. So all he does is he renews that same driver's license every year to keep that picture. And uh, but he, like he said, you'll never find that on anyone else's license because you can't get away with that nowadays. Because he's talked about, he was telling us how he's gone to airports, and because of that, they think it's a fake. So they kind of interrogate him a little bit more to make sure what's going on <laughs> because that's not a picture you usually see. They can't use it for a. Face rec- uh, rec- uh, right. recognition the and face stuff like that. Right, contorted, so it yeah, work. and so yeah. I w- it was just a really cool, quick story that he told us. And I mean, he was just really laid back. He, you know, just sat there and bullshitted the whole time. So yeah, and that was something I was surprised that you know, like I said, Peter David, we he's kind of a big deal for. Oh yeah, but 
he was just super cool, man. George Perez was super cool. Yeah, yeah he's George, a he's real a, good guy. Jim, Jim Steranko really cool. was super cool. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we we loved, because I, I was prepared. I, I kind of thought he was going to be like a blowhard or something. Yeah, so he did I. I so thought he was going to be a dick. Cool. So the cold magic tree. I mean, he was doing yeah. magic for us. I was like, wow, this guy's really cool. That's a suave he, motherfucker, yeah. too. I don't know how old he is now, but that dude's still, obviously he's the closer updated, but they're still freaking cool. It's like he, he he's not trying to be a 20-year-old. He's cool from his era. And he's still like, you know, uh, Granny Panty's got to be getting thrown at that guy. I'm telling so, you. Anyway, so I, 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 just, I just wanted to say, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> like dust on he's like the Tom Jones of, of comic books. Stop, don't say that. <laughs> not where they're dusty. Add, you gotta they're add, dusty. You got to add water to rehydrate. Uh, <laughs> no, so I just wanted to say, for all the, some of the things that's What's that Vagilive stuff that the old ladies use to like prelude? We're going to have to end the podcast. Uh so, so as as much of the stuff like super annoyed me about Comic Palooza, dude, you stepping up and going and interviewing people blew my mind. And, and it, the fact that they were like really cool with it, I was like, this is freaking badass. But, but so see, I look forward to next year for if some different yeah. creators come trying that again. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit some of these guys up. But see, and cons. I look forward to us eventually getting shot down. And because we've had so many good experiences, we are going to fucking destroy the creator, <laughs> the guy who fucks them. Oh yeah, God, but see the thing is, destroy you. I I told you I saw other people there doing the same thing. I saw maybe one or two. Oh no, I've but seen not guys the do degree it. of you. Yeah. like they had the little tape recorder or the bullshit iPhone map. Hey, look, we got a Frank. It's just like Avengers. We've got a Frank. <laughs> Instead of Hulk. You know, that line in the event. Avengers is a movie that came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says I we've got a Hulk. I vaguely remember. Okay, but we've uh, Frank. We got Frank. They got Franked. Oh, remember what? You Franked Peter David at one point? Remember that? Well, I'm not sure. God, there were several times where he Franked Peter David. Oh, where you, were, you had corrected. Did you Frank him hard? Remember? Like, you, you did were, you like, no, did you look? No, did, no, look, don't talk shit about Peter David. Did you look David. at him and you're like, no, look me in the eyes no, while I no, Frank you? I'm not talking shit. No, look me in the eyes no. while I Frank you. He is. Yeah, I know what you're saying. This one's yeah, making it he's wrong. Like, I don't know. It was 30 years ago. And you're just like, no, but don't you remember when? And he would be like, no. And you're like, okay. Oh, I do remember one of those. You're right. I do remember where he kind of, he's like, what'd he say? Um, you're, um, Oh, she, you basically caught him off guard. Sec- it was I think like, it was he's a secret like, origin so story. Far back, he's like, I can't, I can't even remember that or something along the line. Yeah, yeah, you franked him. It's all right, man. I, I was proud. I was proud of you <laughs> for several reasons. I was proud of you. You're a very nice young man. <laughs> it's, it's nice to see someone else get franked once in a while. You know, because when you get franked after a while, man, you're just like, I want to see hey. someone else get franked. And with that, listen to the interview of J.M. Dematis. Oh yeah, like that's gonna be the prelude. Sure it is. Well, this will probably be the stinger for that, right? Nope. Nope. Okay. nope. This nope. won't even be in the same fucking stream. Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> no, please don't start a different stream for this. God damn it. No, this is gonna be on our old spine. Because this we're, like, we're bullshit talking stream. No, this will be I mean, talking this, about this other is like a whole stream. other episode of World Spine at this <laughs> we definitely point. Gonna, we're definitely gonna another stream to contain us other streams. About other streams. Yeah. yeah. Alright boys, well, I gotta hit up. You cunt. Dude, it's nine thirty, fool. It's nine thirty on a Saturday of holiday. Yeah, weekend. it's nine thirty on a Saturday hey, on a holiday week. Just, you can't pick up ice cream. It's a it's a holiday week. Yeah, there's nothing going to be fucking open. Huh? You're not going to get any ice cream today. Nothing because of white man's prison. So what are we going to do? On Fourth of July, the boot together one day every three months. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, I'm like, sorry guys, I got a barrel. Every other week, but it's always y'all are like, well. Yeah, no, we want to do it all in one day instead of having to commit to weekend after weekend of recording sessions and shit. Okay, We're go. the bad guys here. Okay, now you can, uh, real quick, okay, uh, the, the Amazing Heroes episode that we've done so far, the interview with Peter David, we received retweets from Adam Blackmoon, Ange, Count Druncula, Eternal Rage, Firestorm Fan, and Keith G. Baker, 
as well as favorites from Adam Black, Moon, Ange, Count Dracula, Eternal Rage, and Jackie Earl Haley, the actor uh, perhaps best known at this point for playing Rorschach in Watchmen, or you might have been a fan of him as a kid in Bad News Bears. I really liked him in the movie Little Children, uh, but he's done a lot of great stuff, and he was uh, he's directed a film that. I don't know if it had a debut or I think it was just a showing at Houston's Comic Palooza and him and some of his actors, including the fellow who played Darwin in X-Men First Class, they flew in just to show the movie and that was the only way you could see them. And I, I didn't get the chance to catch that because I was working that Friday and I was probably passed out by the time they were going to show their movie. But uh, that was really cool. I, I appreciated that. I hope he favorited it because he actually listened to it. That'd be badass. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. And we got a plus one on that episode from Luke Dobb as well. My man Luke Dobb. And as far as comments on the episode, Ange wrote, As I was listening to the podcast, I kept hoping Frank would ask one question about Supergirl. No worries. Enjoyable all around. And the truth is I just didn't I, – I, I was actually – I spent the majority of my time preparing for a follow-up interview with another creator. And I definitely wanted to talk to Peter David, and we got a great interview out of him. I love talking with him. I just didn't – I ran out of time to prep for that interview as much as I would have liked to or I would have surely gotten around to Supergirl because I very much enjoyed that run. Uh, Martin Gray wrote, that was a blast. I never heard Peter David speak. He sounds great company. Was he was the man is such a talented writer. I'm only sad you didn't have time to get to his Supergirl work. Sounds familiar. Uh, still plenty of meat, and I really appreciate the annotations. Yeah, I, I thought that was handy. I, I would hope that worked out for folks. Uh, that Atlantis Chronicles meteor story was a hoot, but basically, I do enjoy Peter's writing. I wish he'd go back to DC and go bonkers. I think he would go bonkers if he was stuck at DC. He's probably going bonkers at Marvel, and he probably needs a whole other company besides the two of them. Yeah. Uh, Eric Larson wrote, Eric Larson of uh, Savage Dragon and Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man fame uh, and a brief stint on Aquaman that was uh, seen somewhat as revenge against Peter David given their long-term animosity towards anybody, each other. Amazing. After all these years, people still feel compelled to talk to him about something he didn't do. Whereas I thought, hey, I, I don't think anybody's asked him about that. I've, I've never read that in an interview, and I was just really curious to see. And I think he mostly had positive stuff to say about Image, not the early years, but these guys didn't know what the heck they were doing in those early years, so they kind of deserved it, I thought. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think Image has proven itself to be a great company in the long run, but I was, I was just interested in considering what an early critic he was, how he feels about the company 25 years later or whatever it is. Yeah, on our Underguides part, podcast, it's deals more like independent comics. I think they were very complimentary of Image Comics. Oh, yes. They've grown yes. Into. I, they're my favorite company right now. I buy more Image Comics than anything else right now. Except for those two months I bought all those Convergence books. But, hey, but, you know, it's fascinating. In the time, that was kind of a big deal. Peter oh, David, yeah. Peter David and Image was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google Plus follows we got from Colin Wybe and Track Tour Music Library. Uh, so, hey, thanks, guys. Um we're, I don't know if Google Plus is a thing that people really do anymore, but it's a vestigial element of our blogs. So we're happy folks are getting some use out of, out of that. So shout out Google we, Plus. We don't do a lot with it, but we, we, I mean, I pay enough attention to know when somebody follows us. And we auto post the uh, Marvel stuff up there, so that's cool. All right. It's time to do Twitter follows. Yeah, yeah. That's all you, buddy. All right. So, hey, this is what happened with the Twitter follows. Uh, so Frank and I, we kind of talked about how we're going to run this Twitter account. And, you know, we never thought we were going to actually, like, hunt for followers, right? Like, be predatory. But we did specifically say, hey, if if you're going to follow us, we'll follow you back, right? Right? Until I realized that anything we mention in a podcast, we basically get some random-ass follow for. 
So like we're we're followed by like eighteen Batman bat underscore man Batman quotes accounts or Metallica Metallica lyrics Metallica underscore lyrics accounts because we did you know an episode on music so all of these bots are following us now. So I was like, well, fuck it. You know what? If a lot of these bots are just going to follow us back anyway, let's go follow some comic book related podcasts and uh, Twitter accounts and just see if they'll follow us back. So I sort of had some downtime in my commute home from work because I, I do a van pool. So I sort of just started following random ass comic book accounts that were suggested. And uh, it sort of caused a shitstorm of follows. Okay. So that's how that happened? Yeah. Okay. Because literally, like, I, I was at work. I told you we were going to talk about this. I was at work scrolling through our Rolled Spine podcast timeline, and we have some sh- super fucking shitty Metallica lyrics. Well, I mean, don't Twitter let's let's not disparage back. Metallica lyrics. Listen. For all we know, they're they're beloved, listen. Li- avid listeners. Please listen. And all they posted for the day were uh, how or the top ten. Camel toe pictures that you can check out now if you click this link. And the next one was hottest ways to this brand new app that's super hot to pick. That, and then I've, I've noticed that all of these Indian lyrics accounts tweet this stupid fucking clickbaity, nearly pornography out on our fucking timeline. And I'm like, fuck, we're, we're following that guy back just because that bot followed us. Fuck it. I'm going to go follow some comic book stuff. Okay. Well, is that actually on our timeline? Yes, it's on our fucking timeline. Oh, well, I mean, what we read, but it's not what other people read. Unless we retweet it, they're not going to read it as our shit. No, but they're still, they still, they still follow us. No, no, no. We're not retweeting their top 10 camel toe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, if, well, I mean, if you're using our timeline for your own reading pleasure, I guess, but that would seem pretty overwhelming to me. No, no, no. That's not my point. My, My point is that we gave them a follow. Yeah. And so they should give us a follow back. Well, they no, they do. They follow us. Yeah. Well, they follow us in the first place. And we give them a follow right. back. So, yeah. so then I, I was like, well, why don't I follow as the rolled spot? Why don't a bunch we of follow? random bullshit? No, it's not random bullshit. They're at least comic book related. Yeah. All of these are comic book related. Okay. Well, some of these were like I see. I'm about to say Batman quotes. Batman quotes was not a one I followed. Right. Really. Right. But uh, but they followed us, and that's why we're con- we're so pre- showing our appreciation. Right. Yeah. Right. So some of these are me. Some of these are not me. Yeah. A lot of these are me. Well, all of it is a little bit you because whether you actively pursued it or it's just the quality of the podcast that, right, that you helped to bring right, right. The, the, the kids to the yard for our tasty milkshakes. Right. So I just figured, hey, look, we're following shitty ass bot accounts. We can let's just unprovoked go follow some comic book accounts. So here goes. Twitter follows Alan Young, All American Comics, Anderson Spider, E and G. Andrew R. Jewel. Oh, and Frank's making me do this because I'm responsible. Uh, Andrew R. Jewel, uh, Arlene Argento, Batman Quotes, Big Biting Pig, Bill Roth, Blake Northcott, Bone Dragon Comics, Bookcase, Book Free Fantasy, Brand Comics, Brando Text, CD Comic, Children of Sutro, Cody Perez, The Collector, The Collector, all in caps, exclamation point. Exclamation. These are two different people, one with and one without gaps. Correct. And different at Although addresses. the handles are totally different, right. Comic Book Lion, Comic Books and Movies, Comic Buzz, Comic Diva, Comic or Digital, Comic Social Club, Comics Tune, Crit Justice, Crowd T Comics, Daniel Arthur Smith, Dark Helmet, Deborah Beal, Derek Hyde, Dylan Bennett, Dobbs, Eric Mannix, Erica Rhodes, Philip Post Media Jobs, <laughs> Five Nations, 
foot-pound force, Giovanna Blaylock, greatest rapper. That's quite the title. Uh, think highly of yourself. Uh, Greg Kemp, Grimerica, Hailstorm Comics, Heather Dorcas, I.H. Lacking, I Read Comic Books, Ink Puddle, Inspire and Motivate, J.D. Baker, Jack Mavericks. J.D. Barker. J.D. Barker. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley, John E. Blade, Jonathan Turner, Jorge Luis Velasco, Keith Hendricks, Kevin Streeter, 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 Kindred Digital Books, KTEE, Lady Sarah, Lake Runs Red, Lynn Zoan, Life, go, you want to correct me on that one? Go ahead. No, I just think it's Lynn Zone. I think Lynn they, Zone, lenders. It's, a, yeah. it's a lending bot account. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> Lynn Zone, I'll let you know if I need any fucking predatory interest rates. Life After Flash, Luther M. Siler, The Manipulators, Manolis Sifranolacturn Turns, at Average Joe VC is the handle. Yeah, I think we need to go is there. The address. Okay. Uh, Mark Steen, Mark Stubbs, Matt Warface Arts, Metallica, Metallica Quotes, my boys at Metallica Quotes. My God, that is the worst account ever. Uh, Misty Hewitt, Modern Horrors, Mr. Teacher and Panda, My Star Wars Story, Neil Young, which is at Neil Young, uh, Lyrics Neil Young, which is another shitty fucking account. Fuck Neil Young. Old man, take a look at my life. Shut up, fool. I'm only in the ends. Let me keep talking. I've got a rhythm going. New World's Comics, Ninja Economics, which is totally legit. Ninja Economics. Tell somebody you practice that. Uh, say hi to the IRS, IRS for me. Uh, North- I just like that it's this uh, petite Asian lady whose picture's on there because it wasn't bad enough to be ninja economics. Let's like really racist yeah, it up get, a Let's bit. really racist it up. Yeah. Unless that's a legit account, in which case we apologize. Thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> if it's a proud part of your cultural heritage, the ninja, I guess you could claim that for yourself. Yes. Otherwise, shame on you. You know, stealth assassins who slit people's throats in their sleep. Yeah. And then analyze... Fucking economic principles and whatnot. Norse Foundry, Old Toy Productions, Out of the Fridge, Patrick Klein, Phil, aka at Phil underscore Thomas. Podcasts and reviews, Pulp pulp Cultured. Is that Rochelle Boomtown? Just plain old Rachel. Just plain old Rachel. Did I uh, frank that up on four months? Rachel Boomtown, Ramos Comics, Reality Crowd TV, Retro Gamer. Robert Omoto, Roxy Hayes, S. De Giorgio, S. De Giorgio, I believe. S. De Giorgio, that sounds way better. Scarlett Johansson. Uh, I've spanked it to you once or twice. So sure. Thanks, darling. Yeah, thank you for listening to the podcast. He has masturbated to pictures of you. Stealth, Slav Comics, Street Cult. Nobody's listening right now. Anyway. That's not that's not stealth. That's sheath. Speaking of sheaths, Scarlett Johansson. Scar- hey, Scarlett. <laughs> sheath, Slav Comics. Street, nobody's listening. Street cult, nobody's listening. Stephen Walker, thank you for listening to the podcast. Strange Quirk Comics, appreciate seeing your name again. Super Podcasto, Tot Pod. That's a a strange quirk, by the way. Tot Pod, thank you for having a shorter name. Uh, Today's comic. You say Todd or Tot? Tot. Okay. Like a tater tot. Tot Pod, yes. Tater Tot Pod. Now I've said their name so many times, I take back my earlier statement. Today's comic, interesting name, uh, Toys and Comics, very descriptive. The Triskelion. The Triskelion. The Triskelion. It's uh, referencing uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I believe. Oh, word? Or the vocabulary of a person with a bigger vocabulary than me. Because Triskelion is not in my vocabulary. Troy Blackford, Tumble Creek Entertainment. 
which is taking out some vowels. It's actually entertainment. Uh, Ugly Woman, Don't Be So Hard on Yourself. UK Bumps Keys Limited. Ultimate Crowdfunding. Uh, shout out Ultimate Crowdfunding. See some great posts on our timeline from Ultimate Crowdfunding. Oh, and thanks for the DM you probably sent from your fucking bot account, which we have a rash of uh, people asking us to support their Kickstarter lately. <laughs> yeah. uh, Universal Radio. Hey. We're not going to help you with your Kickstarter. We're poor. Please stop asking us for money. Uh, Universal Radio, Until Ben, Viewster, Voice Out 9JA, Warped Factor, Wayward Nerd, Weirdly Comics, William Shakespeare. Whoa. I've spanked it to you. I brought <laughs> that ball. Yeah, and then you rubbed it all over that bald paint. Yeah, uh, Wonderman Comics, and that's it. I just felt the need to extend that as much as I could because I'm the guy who had to fucking find all of those yeah. uh, confirmation emails in, in the Gmail account and then arrange them in alphabetical order. So badass. Do this in Excel. It's a lot easier. Now do the uh, the Mighty Marvel Marching Society guys who both favorited and retweeted our our stuff to promote us, uh, even over our long hiatus. Thank you for the Marvel marching. Adam Blackmoon, Angel Velasquez, Bradley J. Tim, Charlton Hero, my man Charlton Hero. What's up, man? Adam Blackmoon too. These are like my friends. CJ, there's a good old CJ Count Drunkula, of course. Wait, what about Chris William? Oh, Chris Williams, my longtime homie, as is Bradley J. Tim, aka Dr. Flux, two X's. Uh, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, they're my new friends. Uh, Dead Vinyl, old friend. Eternal Rage, old friend. Fantastic Verse, old friend. Film Real Podcast, new friend. Firestorm fan, eh. First back. <laughs> Old friends, sorry there. Well, well the, the thing is about the Mighty Marvel March Society is that these guys tend to be pretty stable about, you know, pimping us. So, God bless. The First Bat. Hey, at The First Bat, you've got a shit ton of followers. I don't know how you do it. Send some Marway, dude. Straight up. AKA also old friend and new friend. Future Primitive, Hall of Justice, Cord Industries, Larry W. Looper Jr., Liz O., Lord Horstocles, my man old Lord Horstocles. What's going on, homie? He's been around long enough that we can pronounce that goddamn name of his. Yeah, I don't even blink at Horstocles anymore, people. Uh, Marvel Inc., Miss Moneypenny, Mr. X, trademark, My Star Wars Story, Nerdgasmo, which is what I had when I read uh, William Shakespeare's name a second ago, <laughs> Odell Abner, my man Odell Abner Dracula, what is up, homie? Long time no say, Odyssey Unleashed, Outside the Long Box, another one of our good old friends, the penultimate Randy Micah Smith, of course you're here, uh, Pittsburgh Nerd Pod, what's up, Pittsburgh? Randy Caldwell, another one of our old friends, Richard Calvert, and of course... Sin, Sin. alias Scarecrow. Yes. Spelled with a Y. That's why I'd follow him at alias Scarecrow. He's a very nice young man. Shall, shall I give you a break and do the Twitter favorites? Uh, yes, let me sip this beverage here. Okay. <clears throat> received Twitter favorites from Al Mega, First Crusader, Alexi Gueros, Amino Acid Comic Book, Amy Rowland, Annalise, Arthur, Anthony Durso, Ask the Moon, Baked English Podcast, Ben Cohen, bestbooks.ca, Between the Pages. I'm sorry, so that's bestebooks.ca. Pardon. Uh, Between the Pages, City War, Crowdfund Resources, Getting Around, Cheryl at Piggy Mouth, which I love saying, uh, Chris Perry, Chris Thompson, C. Miller, Chris Charles Washington, Comical Podcast, Couple Things Podcast, Christina at Poison Blowfish, I also like saying that. David Fiore. No, 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 I haven't given David up. David Golding Artist. Ah, no, 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 this is my section. David Fiore, David Golding Artist, Ed Moore, Elijah Medge, Jim Feed, Jessica's Son, Joseph Crawford, Joseph Tavano, Kanish Kabbalah, who, you know, went away and came back again, Land of the Creeps, 
Longbox Graveyard, uh, Marzo Khalif, Miss Impolitik, Moldwitch, Mythmaking, etc., One Room with a View, Orbital Podcast, Party Roll Podcast, Pirate Mike, Plop Cartoons, Professor Riptide, Reese Finley, Sir Kayak, Superheroes Speak, Top 5 Road Crew, Uproar Comics, Vidiup.com, Wetsuit, and Ziggy at Mr. Jaffrey. Plus retweet. I do the retweets. There's oh, nobody. You want the retweets? Okay, you can take the retweets. Retweets. Flotospan, Keith G. Baker, Pure BS Podcast, Siskoid, Tanya Malone, and Wednesday Comics. And uh, Adam Black Moon gave us a, a number of hashtag uh, weekday pumps, uh, amongst other uh, podcasts and such, including the Wednesday Warriors, the Team Thursday, Furious Friday, Friday Night Follow, and Saturdays. So was he? I thought I emphasized that, but you know, just in case you missed it. And then uh, Couch Commandos, uh, what was that about? Oh, yes. We were given the f- a Follow Friday notations from Couch Commandos, the first bat, Lord Horstocles, Mr. X, and Superhero Speak. Chris Thompson at Pop Culture Hound gave us kind of a nice little pat on the back when we were having trouble getting our podcast shit together. Wrote, one of those weeks, eh? I know the feeling. Editing is the hardest and often least recognized part of any podcast. Good luck. Hey, we had a nice little conversation with Chris Thompson. He seems like a very nice young man also. Yes, yes, indeed. The next one is from The Comic Kingdom. Thanks for the follow. Comics rock. Tell Disney fans want Comic Kingdom at the Magic Kingdom. So nice that he managed to slide that self-promotion in there. Comics Tune wrote, what's your personal favorite comic author? And I'm going to say for Mr. Fix-It, I'm going to say Peter David, yeah. since he couldn't even like form cohesive sentences in his I presence. Talk, 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 Peter David. Talk, talk, talk. Far as me... Ah, uh, I mean, there's a lot of new guys I like, but I'm going to be cheesy and go with a childhood favorite and say Jim Starlin. Hmm. Jim Starlin's good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a huge interest in reading modern day Jim Starlin, to be perfectly frank. But he was so influential for me as a kid that uh, he's definitely one of the dream guys for me as either an interview or as a, someone to commission artwork from. And I still love his artwork. So I'm a Dave Michelini, Bob Layton, and I really like Roger Stern as well. Thank you. Yeah, and yeah, you met one of the three at least. Yeah, and got a piece. Did you get a piece from him, right? No, you didn't. No, I don't he's, understand he that. He signed my uh, "Demon in a Bottle" issue that I found. What was it because you're poor? Yeah. Okay, sorry, dude. Uh, let's see. Kareem rules on issue, episode twenty-seven, Marvel DC Movie Slate twenty twenty part six, the final insult. Uh, Kareem said, "Racist people." Thanks for the comment, Kareem Ruiz. Inarticulate people. Yeah. Failing to expound upon uh, declarative statements, people. Well, hey, whatever. We, we struck enough accord for him to leave a, a comment. I, racist people. Uh, I, well, I don't know if it's directed at us or if he's either. just like pointing out, you know, how about those racist people? I feel like people? maybe he started typing and, then one of those, and his phone died. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> oh, shit, I hit comment. Oh, my phone died. Ziscoid wrote of episode 29, Dr. Zero. Heads up, true believers. The Shadow Line stuff shows up in Secret Wars Squadron Sinister Number 1 this week. I wouldn't have known what they were talking about without your podcast. We love to be educational around here. It's important to know about beleaguered, long-dead, short-lived comic book lines. To enjoy modern comic books that have no annotations to them. Yeah, it's good stuff. Hey, and you're, you're welcome. Firestorm fan. I, I, my Firestorm my only fan. regret is we didn't get around to that Mark Hazard Merc episode that I was really hoping for. I cannot tell if you're being serious or not. I actually I really would like to do a Mark Hazard. I'm Merc guessing podcast. you are based on your conversation with uh, Peter David. Yeah, yeah, because I did like the book or Starbrand. I would totally do a Starbrand podcast given the opportunity. I like Starbrand. Uh, did Fire- you ever read? Did you ever read Starbrand? Uh, no. Okay. Jim Shooter wrote it yeah. for the first like almost year. John Romita Jr. drew it for much of that year as well. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to like, you know, seed it. Is it on Marvel Unlimited? Uh, actually, I do believe it is on Marvel Shut Unlimited. Up. Are you serious? Yeah, I think that some well, of them are on there. Damn it. All right. I'm <laughs> not, on. not Mark Hazard Merck, I assure you, but I think there is some Starbrand because they did like a, if you can believe this, this isn't enough of an oxymoron run. Starbrand classic trade paperback. I told you that's like when Third Eye Blind put out a greatest hits. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're putting out a greatest hits. You got the four songs or the three songs. Yeah, they're all on that one album. Yeah, yeah. what what is classic? That's like putting the, out the red one with the the yeah, guy the covering thing. the eye and yeah, things. With the thing. yeah. And you're telling me Star Brand's got a classic version? All right, can I graduate? Yeah. Just step back from that ledge, my friend. <laughs> and enjoy your semi charmed life. Oh, whoa. All right, our next comment's from Firestorm Fan on episode number thirty six, The Ultimate Allegiance. Hi, Frank and not Frank One. That would be me. I somewhat enjoyed your last episode of the Marvel Superheroes podcast. That's high praise. Marvel Digital Unlimited, not related to your episode specifically, but Marvel related. Last week, I subscribed to Marvel Digital Unlimited service, and it's changed my life. In the last week, I've been reading tons of Marvel comics. Been digging 80s Daredevil, early Uncanny X-Men, recent X-Men, and even Alpha Flight. Yes, Alpha Flight. My stepson is also using my login. Well, we just sold you out there, buddy. To read tons of Deadpool comics. I think I've read more comics in the last week than I've read in the entire 2014. Your subscription works out to less than $6 a month. Thank you, math. Drop two ongoing Marvel books and their service pays for itself. Plus, once a comic has been on the shelf for six months, it shows up in the digital limited service. I'm a patient guy. I can make six months for my Daredevil and Hawkeye. The subscription service is a brilliant move by Marvel transitioning the customer from a consumer model to a subscriber model. Demonstrates that Marvel is vastly superior to DC in the digital arena. Spider-Man and Avengers. I consider myself a fan of the Avengers comics. While I don't read them anymore, I did faithfully follow every Avengers title for nearly 20 years. When I realized that many classic Avengers fans struggle with Spider-Man as an Avenger, see, not Frank 1, you have to accept that he's no longer a newcomer to the team. He's now been a member of the Avengers for 10 years. That's 20% of the entire Avengers history. How long does he have to be in the team before people accept him as an Avenger? Is it just because not Frank 1 didn't read any Avengers comics with Spider-Man on the team? Does that invalidate his status among Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Get over it, not Frank 1. Guest appearances and sickness. As a previous guest on your show, I can validate Count, Count, Count Drunkula's health condition. Guest appearance on the Marvel Superheroes podcast may cause vomiting, fever, night sweats, clown feet, nightmares, swell pituitary gland, earwigs, baldness, polka dancing, and an increased risk. I'm going to just want to say, this is the most Firestorm fan comment ever written, ever. <laughs> uh, earwigs. Polka dancing and an increased risk of serious and sometimes fatal stomach ulcers and bleeding. Elderly patients may be at greater risk. Ohatmu, you're here to, who you heard it here, folks. Frank admitted that DC's who who who's who is better than Marvel's Ohatmu. If you ever DC's who who DC's who's who DC's Detective Comics who's who is better than the official handbook of the Marvel Universe exclamation point. If you ever get around to recording an Ohatmu podcast, fat chance. I offer my services to cover the best Marvel character ever, Armadillo and Frogman. Not Frank 1 is your quote-unquote shag. I was so thankful that you finally ran out of audio clips of me to insert from our four-hour marathon recording session back in December. And right as I had thought, you insulted me by comparing Not Frank 1 to me. Really, that guy is the best quote-unquote shag you can come up with for your show? Pale comparison, my friend. Maybe if I had any sleep for six days, turned off my phone, my profanity filter, took a bunch of quaaludes, and forgot what cool superheroes were. 
Frank, so sorry to hear about your car and monitor. Rough week. Just had a thought on your computer. If I've come to rely on a file backup system like CrashPlan, backups whatever data you want to the cloud so you can access them from any computer. Saved my tail a few times and been a huge help when I'm out of town. Away from my computer and need files. Keep up the mediocre work. Uh, was there any particular comments you wanted to address, not Frank one? Um... Yeah, let me I, I know that I have one I want to address. We're still going to do a Shag episode. The Wild Ages of Marvel will include Shag. So I have an entire episode of additional material that I have not even touched yet. So I'm not done with Shag by a long shot. And I haven't recorded that with that guy in months. Hey, listen, Shag. I, I don't know who the hell. I can't even run that podcast now who said that I was like you. And, and I, I think I immediately said you and I are not alike because you know way the fuck more about comic books than I do. I am in no way the expert on this show in any form unless you want to consult with me about about sarcasm or curse words i am your expert uh, that's what i'm saying though is on his show the fire and water podcast he shows much less knowledge of comics than rob kelly does and he brings sarcasm and points out where all the hot girls are and can't pronounce the uh, full name of his favorite character correctly nuclear man nuclear so you are the shag because you can't pronounce it either i was saying it incorrectly oh okay you're doing it periodically come on, okay bro. come on bro <laughs> Frank will never do any sort of cloud-based service because Frank is paranoid of the government. Sorry. Excellent suggestion. If the government could read my mind, they'd know I'm thinking about you, to quote the Vandals. excellent suggestion. I have given it up a long time ago. Um, see. I think that's about it. Hey, okay. Marvel Unlimited's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, you just finally got it. You finally hooked it up. You're the la- you were the last one of our crew to, to hook up the Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. Well, Probably I mean, probably anticipating of not actually being able to physically be in the room with us for very much longer. Right. Well, and, you know, I think Fix-It actually got on accident, right? He yeah, forgot he forgot to cancel it. it. Right. Yeah, so, well, I had it for six months. Like, well, no, you you got you tried to get it for free and it didn't work out for you. Yeah, it happens. Okay, I'll go ahead and read this one from Ange related to episode 37, Hawkeye and the New Black Widow. Can only hope we get an entire episode with you guys doing the Black Widow cartoon voice. Well, I think only Mac did the cartoon voice. No, I did some, you. Some, you were the one doing the Black Widow voice. No, you did a good like Russian accent, and I did some horrible thing that didn't sound like anything. Well, I think that's why he wants us to do a whole episode. Uh, that could be it. I, I have very little comic experience with Hawkeye and have never really heard enough to make me think I w- am missing something. Uh, I bought the first issue of the Fraction AHA book, but it didn't grab me enough to make me continue to get it. I have heard it is a great book. Well, now that we both have Marvel Unlimited, we'll probably read it for $6 a month. Uh, lastly, Hawkeye is my bet for the Avengers movie Deadpool. I can only hope. <laughs> that ship sailed. I don't think words can say how sad I am that Hawkeye survives this movie. Oh, okay. He already knew that by the time he got a follow-up comment. This time is – the time is right for some Scarlet Witch Vision stuff. Maybe Burns run on West Coast. Probably we'd go earlier than that, I think. I think we'd go back to Thomas Bushima if we're going to do any vision stuff. And and it's not currently planned, but I'm sure we'll get around to it eventually. Word. Hey, uh, Spider-Man on the Avengers. Uh, going back to uh, Firestorm fan Shag's comment. There's a lot of things that have gone on for long periods of time that should have been dealt with and weren't. To me, Spider-Man as an Avenger is the Confederate flag of superhero comics, and uh, they they should you know have dealt with that a long time ago. Ideally, buried it, burned it, in some way retcon that. Let's have another brand new day and just wipe out the entire time Spider-Man was ever an Avenger. Pretty shocked by this uh, 
comment you're making right now. That time period he was talking about was pretty much the entire Bendis run. And I think a lot of true Avengers fans just want nothing to do with that entire run and skipped it. And I'm, I'm cool with that. We can do, we can just forget that never happened. Especially because I think Marvel's going to reboot their continuity to some degree following Street Wars anyway. So maybe it did never happen. Oh wait, Miles Morales is going to be an Avenger, but that's okay because he's not Peter Parker. So I'll, I'll even expand it. I'll even allow for Spider-Man to be an Avenger so long as it's not Peter Parker. I, I, that's how, how generous I am in this respect. There's just that one line I won't cross. Peter Parker can't be an Avenger. Can't believe in that. I guess I should read some Miles Morales books or something. I, he's like a big deal apparently now. Yeah, he's well liked. I feel like some tide has turned and people didn't even give a shit about Peter Parker anymore. They just want Miles Morales. I think is what that it just is. the internet? It's just there's too many white heterosexual people in superhero movies. And there's a lot of non white, non heterosexual people who watch superhero movies and would like to see something different. Okay, that's cool. And certainly, if we're going to do another freaking origin story, let's do Miles Morales' origin and not Peter Parker's. I think that uh, we, I believe we've seen Peter Parker's origin in the movies a few times, right? Once or twice. Like yeah. a billion times. Yeah. Right. All right, our next uh, comment is from... Actually, we still haven't finished the, the one with Ant because oh, we got right. sidetracked there. Because, uh, well, he reminded me of the Spider-Man part. Let's see. Oh, yeah, his his dislike of... Ha- oh, yeah, no, no, we pretty much got it covered. Got it. Well, uh, one thing I did want to point out, though, because I was, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Kyle Benning's podcast, actually. The, uh, uh, what is it? King-sized fun? Like, giant-sized comics, king-sized fun or something like that? I, if I'm going to promote it, I should probably have re- referenced shout what it's called. Shout out Kyle Benning. Yeah, shout out Kyle Benning. Uh, by the way, Kyle Benning uh, is quite the trooper on the podcast front. He actually does his podcast often from his car. Holy He's shit. He's just, like, recording it on his lunch break sitting in his car on a tablet. So, you know, that's wow. that's dedication. Well, hell yeah, it is. Uh, but, anyhow, but he did one with some other guy. They were both good, and they both had sound points to make about Avengers Age of Ultron. And one of them was talking about how Vision is uh, one of the probably the most faithful adaptations of a comic book character to film ever. But then it occurred to me, it's like, well, yeah, but the thing I always liked about the Vision is he didn't really fly. He became immaterial and would like kind of float at you. And that's one of those important distinctions where it's like he doesn't actually properly fly. He does something a little bit different and that should set him apart in how he moves and how he relates to his environment. So when he swoops down and picks up Scarlet Witch and has a romantic woman in midair with her just like fucking Superman, that kind of ruined that little part for me. How come I don't read anywhere that he's he's Adam Warlock? Am I the only person that figured this shit out? Yeah, you'd think other people would get on that bandwagon. How has nobody else talked about this? He's fucking Adam I, Warlock. I think people are still waiting for Adam Warlock to show up in Guardians or something. But if there's one character I don't want James Gunn having anything to do with, it's fucking Adam Warlock. Because I do not see him getting that character at all. You don't want some kooky, sarcastic Adam Warlock bopping around? Look, the Annihilation uh, event, he couldn't even manage to work out characters like Drax and Star-Lord and, and Gamora. So as somebody as nuanced as as Adam Warlock and as just deadly serious to the, almost the point of satire, how intensely emo Warlock can be. No, no, James Gunn, please, please, no. Oh, anybody missed it in our Avengers Age of Ultron review. It was long. It was two and a half hours long. It was so really fucking long. So you may have missed it. My my theory. Well, this may be long. Yeah, if it's on the Captain America episode, it's going to be long. Yeah, uh, my my theory is that they've just taken Adam Warlock and merged him with Vision because he's got the gemstone in his head. He was born in a cocoon. Uh, I mean, it's it's all there. Yeah. The the main issue is that we've seen the actual Warlock cocoon in Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's no, I think didn't. that got that got debunked. 
What do you mean? I, that's like, a, that's a fucking, James Gunn. James Gunn's like, no, that was not Adam Warlock's cocoon. Like that was just. A then why did it look like Adam Warlock's cocoon? I'm just saying it was. He was specifically asked. I think that. somebody in the art department must have fucking pranked his ass then, because that was Adam pranked. Warlock's cocoon. Maybe they pranked him. It's on the fucking cover of the boogie abuse. Then it's hard, hard to. They made it's pretty distinct. They they made the analogy of the the worm that goes into a cocoon and emerges a butterfly. Like they made even these analogies in Avengers: Age of Ultron talking about division. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not disputing. I'm, I'm, I'm in no way debunking head. your argument. I'm just saying that maybe the reason why everybody else isn't catching on to that is a they may not have read Warlock comics, and b they might be waiting for him to turn well, Guardians. Definitely, they definitely haven't read Adam Warlock comics. Yeah. But he's got a he's got an Infinity Gem in his forehead. Yeah, he's fucking he's Adam ponderous Warlock. and stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, and he's ponderous, super ponderous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if super ponderous is an entirely new coin. Uh, term super ponderous. I don't, I don't know if super and ponderous have ever really you know fit together. Ultra ponderous. All right, next comment comes from Siskoid on episode thirty-seven. Hawkeye and the new Black Widow. I'm actually pretty passionate about Hawkeye. He's one of my favorite Marvel heroes. I met him in Avengers number 174, where the entire team is captured by the Collector, and he fights alone to free them, even as Collector thinks he's lame, etc. I talked about it here. He posted a link. Did we repost this link? We'll repost this. Link. I will work it out. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Chancellor, you know Siskoid better than, you know, you know us. So you probably have already seen this link. Siskoid's blog of geekery is quite popular. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You you know this. Go to Siskoid's blog that you already know about and search for it to find it. I love underdog stories, and this was one of my favorites. Justice League Unlimited pulled the same thing with Green Arrow and the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Why would you bring up Green Arrow and Hawkeye? That's so weird. As did Morrison on his run of JLA, but Hawkeye is the original Archer underdog. Loved his bit in Secret Wars, which echoes the sketch you edited in where he has to make arrows to keep fighting. And then it was in West Coast Avengers mini and series. And it was in line. The lineup I prefer. It was in the lineup I prefer because Hawkeye led it. Cap is a confident leader, but Clinton is the guy who who's filled with doubt. Doesn't come as naturally to him and he must find a way to make it work. I read Solo Avengers because he was in it, though I considered uh, it second prize. It was what he got instead of a proper solo series, which is absolutely correct. Uh, I lost track of Marvel in the 90s and caught up with Hawkeye in the late aughts. I guess he'd had another, he, he'd had other identities, etc., but as soon as he returned as Hawkeye, you bet I got every miniseries he was in. I love his relationship with Mockingbird, and even when they're estranged, and, uh, even when they're estranged, even when they're estranged. In fact, his failed relationships are hilarious on both the Fraction series and Secret Avengers, two books I love. The first for its experimentalism, the second for its humor. Haven't read the all new Hawkeye yet. Uh, I need to mourn the Fraction book first. I'm hoping it's good, of course, because as long as I'm reading comics, I'm going to need my Hawkeye fix. That all said, he's completely uninterest- uninteresting in the movies, not the same character at all. Yes. Yeah, good comment. Yeah. I'd like to read Secret Avengers because uh, L.A. Scott was writing that, and uh, not only is he quite the little lightning rod on Twitter in an interesting way, but I love his book Zero from Image Comics. It's really an interesting spy book. It's one of those things I hate spy stories, so I keep wanting to, assuming that, okay, this is going to be the last trade I read, and then I read it, it's like, fuck, no, i got to read another one of these. This is, this is just too damn good. The series is going to come to an end, but uh, based on that that book alone, I, I want to get around to reading Secret Avengers eventually, because I want to see what that guy would do with that group of characters. Even though the actual premise of the Secret Avengers, I find really lame, and I'm not into it, and I'm just sick to death of every damn team book being an Avengers book. When the, it's like Agent Coulson, Nick Fury, and a few other assorted characters, including Hawkeye, apparently. Our next comment is from Count Druncula on episode number 37, Hawkeye and the Black Widow. Of the two major comic book arches, I've always liked, Hawk- liked Hawkeye a lot more than Green Arrow, because A... 
his purple and blue costume was unlike any other in comics, and B, his attitude seemed genuine and born of a kid who grew up poor and raised by carnies, unlike the billionaire playboy turned bleeding heart crusader. I've said this many times, but the film version of Hawkeye neutered the most interesting part of the character, his attitude. Hawkeye is an anti-authority boss hater. He was Wolverine before Wolverine, calling out Captain America and putting down old-fashioned by-the-numbers strategy until the two eventually found a grudging respect for one another. The MCU Hawkeye sacrificed that part of his character by making him just another agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a shame because Renner is a better actor than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think we've already mentioned too, Green Arrow's entire personality is stolen from Hawkeye, and it, it happened back in the 70s, so a lot of people don't seem to understand understand that one thing i think is cool about the arrow tv show is that he's back to being a batman ripoff like he was created to be let hawkeye be hawkeye and like yeah. green arrow just fucking die in a ditch somewhere because he's got nothing to offer the world besides an alternative to batman when you can't license that character for a cw tv show Ooh, well yeah um uh, and uh yeah i think that's it was that it this comment was probably before age of ultron too so hawkeye got a little better not enough better. Not If you're a Hawkeye fan, that's not going to make you embrace Jeremy Renner since he's even further away from the Marvel Comics version of the character. All right. Our next comment is from Darcy on episode 37, Hawkeye and the New Black Widow. I must have listened to a different podcast than the rest. I was expecting to hear about Hawkeye and the Black Widow a la Tales of Spence number 64, but instead I heard debates about Cyborg versus Black Panther, Mockingbird versus Black Canary, and Captain Marvel versus... Uh, did I click the MCU link by accident? By the way, I can't produce any accent save my life, so you won't hear my criticisms... Uh, you won't hear any criticisms from me about yours. Thanks. Yeah, usually when you get a comment like that, it's because they're being sarcastic, but I think she literally must have clicked on the wrong link because it's not that. And other people are commenting on the episode that heard it. So yeah. some, there was some kind of technological hey, fuck up there. Darcy, thank you for listening. Continue to listen. I think that you're freaking awesome. Yes. Except at the hitting a button skills, apparently. You take that back, Darcy. <laughs> <clears throat> so Kyle Binning, the, the, who we mentioned earlier in the, the podcast there, uh, on the same episode as everybody else, Finally, a Hawkeye episode. He is one of my favorite characters solely because he and I share the same hometown, Waverly, Iowa. Hawkeye's origin was told in the Roy Thomas-written Avengers number 19 from 1965. At that time, the population of Waverly would have been around 7,000 people. It currently is in the ballpark of 11,000 people. Uh, Roy is from St. Louis, which in 1965 would have been about a seven or eight hour drive away from Waverly. So who knows why this small, any nor- Northeast Iowa farm community struck Roy's fancy as the birthplace for Hawkeye, but we'll take it. Suck on that in NYC. With regards to Ultimate Hawkeye, yes, he does have a meta power or ability. It's Enhanced Sight, which allows him to be such a pinpoint marksman. I believe it is also implied that Movieverse Hawkeye has that same Enhanced Sight power. There is a single throwaway line in either Avengers or Thor where Hawkeye says something to the effect of, I prefer watching from a distance, as he observes something from afar on a balcony. I think that's generally accepted as his acknowledging that he has enhanced vision. Uh, I think that that's a reach. Like a big reach. Yeah. And in fact, that came up on that podcast I listened to, and his friend was like, also, that's a reach. Really? Yeah. I don't feel one way or the other about it. I don't really care. Yeah. Well, and then what they, they came up with was that you can take it either way if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, it's a total fucking reach. Sorry, Kyle. All right. Our next comment is from uh, BS Podcast Network. This week on at Sci-Fi Podcast, Sci-Fact Podcast, a shout out to at Rolled Spine, Hawkeye Talk, and the Dyson Sphere. Feel yourself get smarter. Yeah, I listened to that. that was, I, I listened to this podcast to give a shout-out. It was very nice of them. Yeah, I've actually I pulled an audio clip from that. So we got a shout-out from another podcast, the Science Faction Podcast, hosted by Devin Kraft and Steven Dominguez. It happened on their 47th episode. What they do is they talk about 
general sci-fi type stuff, but then they also integrate hard science conversations as well. So these guys are definitely smarter than any of the three of us and possibly bigger geeks than any of the three of us, but maybe not so much on the comic books as they mentioned on the podcast. We've got a little audio excerpt from the episode. I figure give you a chance to sample the show and if you like it, we've got a link available as so you can go check it out. There's actually two Science Faction podcasts. You might want to check the official Science Faction podcast webpage in your search engines and we'll have a link up on the blog as well so that you can get to the correct one. But this is from episode 47, April 23rd, 2015. Did you see today, so yeah, t- today tax day on Twitter, there was a uh, another podcast that gave us a shout out? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's a, a comic book podcast. I really wish I had their name up, so I'm look, I'm frantically scrolling through my apps and going to Twitter to find it right now. But it's a, a podcast about comic books, and um, they tweeted at us and said that they gave us a, a shout-out. I started listening to the to their show. Let's see, it's called um, the Rolled Spine Podcast. You can tweet at them, at Rolled Spine. And uh, they thanked a bunch of people, and they, they just talk about comics. And so I started listening to their podcast. It's really good. It's like three guys that just chat, and cool. they're talking about... Um, uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow. I, I only listened to the part where they were talking about Hawkeye, and they were uh-huh. ripping on him, and it was wonderful. <laughs> I mean, and these guys obviously read lots of comics, so they were like, uh-huh. you know, first, you know, in the comics, this is the kind of character he was, where he came from, and the movies this is how they're doing him, this is where they could move with him in the future, this is why he's terrible, he only has arrows, it's, it's awful, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. I mean, he really has no superpowers, really. No, and that was one of the things they were talking about. Is uh, apparently at some point in Marvel's history, they tried to give him like super sight or something like that, uh-huh. and then it was promptly forgotten about. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've even heard you, you and Ben were bagging on him recently when you guys were talking about the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe and the movies oh, yeah. Daredevil, and you were talking about like the future of some of the characters. You're like, oh, Hawkeye, you can just throw him away or have him be killed or he can go on shield because he's such a small character but i really like jeremy renner and so i'm like but they got such a good actor to play him they got to do something good with that character they have to well they got to give hawkeye something to do they have to give jeremy renner something to act about which um what they were mentioning in their podcast was that uh, apparently this movie's going to focus have more focus on him and hulk as characters coming um Uh, yeah in uh, uh age of ultron the next avengers movie yeah well, because it was kind of funny in the first one how Hawkeye was just like he is instantly Mind turned controlled. against the Avengers. Yeah. And it makes him like basically a red shirt in a way. Just <laughs> we needed one of you to go to the dark side so you could be manipulated and they could save you. But you're, you yourself are worthless and have no character development because you're going to be under mind control. Yeah. And that's exactly what they use that character for. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not terrible. It's just it's, it seems lazy. But the defense for that is in the comics, he was originally a bad guy. So it's uh-huh. kind of paying homage to, like, you know, when he first came about. But mm-hmm. whatever. Anyway, so, um, yeah, uh, uh, Rolled Spine Podcast. Thank you for the shout out. And yeah, hey, awesome. th- there's a shout out in return. You guys are cool. Yeah. <laughs> I- I'm going to continue listening to your podcast because uh, I-, I don't have any good comic book podcasts. I've got sci fi and I've got funnies and I've got science, but mm-hmm. uh, no comics. Really, there, I mean, there are a few like geek type podcasts that I listen to, yeah. but they just—it's all of geekdom. Uh, but this really focused on the comics, which I liked. Nice, yeah. So I—I I don't know much about comics, and <laughs> other than what they put in the movies. So, <laughs> well, there you go. So you—you you could learn a lot from that podcast, I'm sure. I could, yeah. <laughs> 
the duo go on to talk about Lego Marvel characters, uh, how the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier would destroy everything in its wake, the Zack Snyder, Superman, Batman, Justice League movies, the failure of Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's a good podcast. Check it out. Hey, thanks for listening. And, and uh, uh, you're, you have a very fascinating podcast yourself. Randy Caldwell merely quoted, went nuclear without a fallout shelter, which I'm glad we get to say in an audible podcast. And again, that was totally on the spot. I don't know where the fuck that came from. Yeah, I, I channeled that shit from somebody smarter than me. Count okay. Dracula at Black Canary Fan on episode number 38, Marvel SHP MD, MP DC Spring Special 2015. I'm 15 minutes into this episode, and I have no coherent thoughts to post as responses. This is such a schizophrenic episode, and for the Marvel Superheroes podcast, that's really saying something. The best thing about this episode was that it introduced me to straight out of Compton trailer. I heard that I heard about the movie a long time ago, but it's nice to see the ad. Uh, I also really appreciate now how hard they go in on the trailer to make Paul... Giamatti, the hero of the NWA biopic, because I was afraid the film would be too "quote unquote" urban for my delicate sensibilities. Yeah, that's what, what was that word you said that sounded kind of like biopic, but wasn't biopic. Yeah, isn't that something like Steve Austin had implanted in him back in the seventies? Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> no, it's six million dollar man version. Is it biopic? It's biopic. Biopic? What the fuck? Biopic? I don't know. That does kind of sound like a medical. Procedure. Yeah, no. Shit. Okay. I don't know what the fuck that episode was either. Hey, that was the worst episode. That was probably the worst episode. You think, no, you you think it was worse than Kazar? No, that's worse than Kazar. Okay. Uh, Well, that's why it was the MPD DC episode. In case somebody missed the conjunction of acronyms there. Conjunction junction? What's that function? Does it have to do with biopics? Hey, read this comment from Ange. Ange wrote of the same episode, saving this for a long flight on Saturday, so comments might be later than usual, business trips are a lot of work. And this was like months ago, so you're, you're no rush, guys. It's okay. Uh, sorry it has taken a while to respond. This is a crazy sort of episode covering a ton of stuff. So much I think I have forgotten so much of what was said. But here's what stuck. Number one, the Constantine show is much more vertigo than New 52. I wonder how far back Mr. Fix-It's Constantine experience goes. The Bruheria, Zed and the Resurrection Crusade, Gary Lester and the Nemoth Demon, Sister Marianne, the Pagan Witch turned Nun, and Newcastle is all early early Constantine. There are concepts from the Alan Moore Swamp Thing and Jamie Delano Hellblazer runs, the first years of the character. My problem with the show is that it doesn't seem to know how to handle magic. Constantine has a house filled with magical objects, and he always has just the right trinket lucky, luckily on his person to save the day. Two, I think the DC TV universe is diverse and not streamlined because they are all on different networks with different sensibilities. Flash and Arrow clearly work together and I feel are a love letter to the classic DCU. And my guess is Supergirl will align with these as the Kara show is also being produced by this, uh, a lot of, the same lot of people. Gotham is the darker, grittier Fox take on the DCU. I like that it is more of a Jim Gordon show, but I like the Flash show much, much more. Three, I am more of a DC guy than a Marvel person, so when I first started to hear the general DC bashing in the middle of the show, I sort of rolled my eyes. Then listen to Frank review all the missteps that DC has done creatively, the poor leadership they have, and how they have alienated their top creators and fans, I had to slowly nod in agreement. I have lived through these things. I don't wear rose-colored glasses about DC at all, but I try to see some of the good things they have done. Four, lastly, Frank is right that the first 50 issues of Pad Supergirl is just a great mega arc going through the temptations of evil as well as redemption. You have to get past Supergirl being a pocket universe protoplasm merged with a Satan worshipping teenager to become an angel on Earth. But once you accept that, immerse yourself in the mythology of that run 
and just taking the stories. It is simply fantastic. I read the whole run every, I read the whole run every couple of years. It has a beginning, middle, and end with great character progression. Hope I made it in time for listener feedback. Yes, quite so. Yeah, you made it. Uh, I'll, I'll just mention that uh, the the big rumor running around is that Marvel is doing the same fucking shit as DC. Just as DC is finally starting to let loose of the reins over their editorial, uh, Marvel's hunkered down to such a degree that many of their top writers are just fleeing the company at this point. I just mentioned L.A.'s Cot, who I don't think is going to be writing for them anymore. I, I think the last thing that he was doing was Winter Soldier, which I don't believe turned up on their all-new Marvel lineup. That was released this month. I know that Kieran Gillen is left. Um, who else is left? Anyway, a lot of their big guys are leaving now. And I'm looking at that slate of books that are coming out after Secret Wars. And it seriously looks even less interesting than the New 52. Actually, considerably less interesting than the New 52. Did you see any of that stuff, Matt? I, I did. And that's, I think I, we talked about this on Twitter briefly. It was like, I saw like the same three or four creators were writing a combined like 10 or 11 of those books. Yeah, these are not like guys Bendis's that were. Bendis' name was on some of them. Some yeah. Ewing person was on. Yeah, Al Ewing them. was writing a bunch of like their major Al Avengers stuff. And it's like, I know who Al Ewing is, sort of, kind of, but not really. And he, enough to write multiple books a month. Like, right. This is and not, really an Avengers talk. book specifically. Yeah. Uh, 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 bad mojo from that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And oh, uh, by the way, the Amazing Spider-Man series that Dan Slott was doing with the Alex Ross cover, where they're Tony turning him into a Tony Stark type character. Yeah, I, I, you know Dan Maybe Slott's like proven Industries, with yeah, the Tony Stark style yeah. logo. Yeah, see, uh, Dan Slott has done some really interesting, daring things with Spider-Man that people have liked. That might be. Oh, he's he's pretty late into his run at this point, though. And the thing about getting late into your run is that's when you start doing kind of dumb shit. That really looks like Dan Slott doing the dumb shit at this point. Well, something else that I'd uh, I'd heard, apparently, I didn't realize they'd retconned that Tony Stark was adopted several years ago. Oh, yeah, and that Arno, Arno is the birth son of, of Maria and... Uh, Who's, who's his dad's name? What's Howard. His dad's name? Howard, Howard, yeah, Howard Stark. And that Tony was the adopted one. So I think that one of the things they're going to do is have him go look for his real parents, which makes me nauseous. Stupid as shit ever. Like, I was reading some article and they said, they mentioned something about how, hey, I wonder if they're going to retro- retcon out. They retconned in that Tony Stark was adopted. And I just, like, my brain froze when I read that sentence. And I'm like, for real? Like, who thought this was a good... I well, you, we you really do know, too, that Stark they, adopted. Arno Stark is the natural-born son of those two because they have to deal with Iron Man 2020 now that it's been 30-some-odd years since that character was created. So didn't they just have an extended story arc in Batman where he's dealing with his long-lost brother as well? So uh, comics are just so fucking incestuous and they, sometimes. And they just make the same fucking dumb mistakes over and over again. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got the Spider-Woman book, and she's, like, very pregnant on the cover of her comic. And you know one thing that always works out great in comic books when you impregnate your superheroines? Oh, yeah. That's never a complete disaster that people make fun of on uh, CBR and Newsarama and places oh, like that no. forever. Yeah. Your, your full male creative team is going to do a really good job of uh, grasping this one. Yeah. Which is it a full male creative team? I guess I have no fun. Yeah. Well, and also it's, it's always tricky when you've got a hero with a kid, period. And then when it's the mom, there's all sorts of fucked up expectations from that character. And she immediately opens the door for like tons of fucking criticism. We've yet to show that we're capable of doing that type of story and we certainly haven't shown it at the big two we've seen that to a greater degree in independent comics where a creator has a lot more say over how this situation is handled rather than a new creative team coming in inevitably and retconning all that shit out or just killing the fucking kid turning it into a cheap means of 
you know, path of vengeance or that kind of bullshit. So all these decisions seem like some editor wanted to spice things up or they wanted to get back to a place that takes things closer to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and actually pussies out of story arcs. So I don't know what the hell they're doing. Except the female Thor. I just, I have no problem with this. No, that's cool. I think that's really cool. I, I like that it's Jane Foster. Does she and, have cancer? Yeah, she's got like going through chemotherapy and stuff. So it's another situation where instead of it being a, a physically handicapped person like a Don Blake, it's a person who's been compromised by disease and she goes from being a human at one of their weakest possible points, most vulnerable possible points to a goddess. So that works marvelously. Thor's the kind of character who needs that shaking up. Uh, you know, what? we still gotta get Fryol in here to defend Thor because all we do is beat upon poor Thor. But Thor is not a character that I find compelling. I just don't find it very interesting. I find individual stories relating to Asgard or Thor's story are interesting, but the character himself just does nothing for me, ever, has never done anything for me. There's not one story I can go, yeah, that's the great Thor story. There are great Thor stories that are great because they're great stories that happen to have Thor in them. I have never read a great story about the character of Thor where Thor was the reason why I was interested in it and that Thor was the character I hooked into. So for me, if you're ever going to do a permanent major change like a gender swap, I think Thor would be one of the best possible candidates to do that and have it stick and have it be interesting. That's my take. I, I think it's great. I think it's a really interesting story and I, I think it's one of those things amazing to me as the whole Superior Spider-Man thing which I just thought was a wonderful hook. Just a great way to fuck around with that character and do something interesting that you can still walk back if you needed to. But it's it's up there. It's, I think it's, it's a really good idea. And yeah, I think that Thor desperately needed something to change things up. Yeah. I, again, we may just be Thor haters, I guess, maybe in some way. But but it just seems like people are genuinely excited about that story. That's, well, that's the one thing where nobody's yeah. – like. I, I figured there would be more controversy to completely flipping the gender of a longtime Marvel superhero except that Thor. And it also seems like that's the case. People just aren't that upset about it. Yeah. Well, and I don't I don't hate Thor. I don't want to say him. I, I don't think yeah, it's I mean, honest. Yeah, to, I just, just don't Thor. feel strongly enough about Thor for it to be an issue for me for yeah. a sticking point. All right, our next comment is from Kyle Benning on episode number 38, Marvel SHP MPDC, Spring Special 2015. I think the event Fix-It was referring to was cataclysm, not catastrophe. Frank, I have to take you to task uh, this time on your very Wikipedia-ish treatment of Superman's 90 stories. First of all, the year they decided to kill off Superman was because their initial story plan had to be scrapped at the last minute. They had already mapped out a full year and it had uh, and had it cu- cumulating, oh my God, culminating into the marriage of Superman and Lois. One problem, the Lois and Clark TV show had just launched, and Warner and DC decided they didn't want Superman and Lois to get married in both the comics and the TV show at the same time. What that meant for Superman's staff was back to the drawing board, and they had to find a way to put off the marriage long enough for the show to uh, set up Lois and Clark's relationship and progress to the point of matrimony. So in comes Ordway's regular suggestion to kill him off, and they ran with it from there. Note that the death and funeral of a friend were the last two arcs of Jerry Ordway's long run, I believe seven years, on writing and or drawing Superman post-crisis. Adventure Superman number 500 was his final issue. When Cyborg Superman threw Doomsday's body into space, he knew that Doomsday was still alive. In fact, he was banking his own future on it. He planted a chip containing his artificial intelligence program on Doomsday, knowing that it would be safe uh, on the indestructible monster. Doomsday himself was a weapon whose origins come from Krypton, and that's why he was immediately headed for Metropolis. Uh, he was literally hell-bent on killing Superman, a Kryptonian, which he could sense, and registered, uh, as him, reg- registered as him as the most deadly of enemies because of his past being experimented on. Superman's death is still in New 52 continuity, in at least in some capacity. Swamp Thing number one addressed it, and officially brought it into New 52 lore. In that issue, Superman meets up with Alec Holland, 
to have a talk with Superman. To have a talk with Superman. This is something to the effect of, I know from experience how tough it is coming back from the dead. In addition to Batman and Green Lantern, the latest Legion continuity was also still intact. But the common thread there was that there was directly spinning out of John's Legion story arc between the Infinite Crisis and Final Crisis, and apparently anything John's touch was preordained to survive. It's hard to imagine now, 3.5 years later, since that there's no Legion of Superheroes book, but at the time of the New 52 launch, Legion was very popular. It had supported two titles with fairly high sales pre-Flashpoint, and that story literally continued right into the New 52, and again with two titles. The Legion lost book focus on a team that was trapped in its current timeline solely because of the events of Flashpoint. Meanwhile, the main Legion book continued plot threads from pre-Flashpoint and even acknowledged the whole paradox of time and reality disturbance of Flashpoint. DC then did a Legion of Super... Then did a Legion Secret Origin miniseries in the early months of the New 52, initially to give Paul Levitz a chance to retell the Legion origin with no changes or straying from all the most Legion stuff he had written written on and off for the past three to four decades. Legion stuff remained intact, all three books of it, thus making it impenetrable for new readers, and failing the mission uh, Didio claimed the New 52 set out to accomplish. To Max's point, gee, I never thought Bob Harris would have been able to work in the comic industry again. Yeah, most people with common sense would think that. See, and I don't even read a lot of comics anymore, and I knew Bob Harris shouldn't be working in comic books. Um, damn it, I lost my spot. Okay, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, most people with common sense would think that. That shows just how stupid DC is right now. That arrogant moron is doing the same awful things at DC that he did at Marvel. Good to see that he learned from his colossal mistakes. Not. You get that. Uh, Scott Lobdell is responsible for writing the worst books of the New 52. He was writing Teen Titans and Superboy back when they launched the stories, crossed over, and the end result was 12 issues worth of shit story that literally could have been told in two. I have not read a comic book worse than those 12 issues. Well, except for possibly for his New 52 Superman books. Uh, don't forget Liefeld. He was writing and drawing two or three titles for his first year or so. It was literally was, is 90s Marvel shit fest at DC right now. You guys are so right. Uh, when you're right, you're right, Mac. Oh, thanks, man. If you guys ever want to do an episode of Marvel superheroes focused solely on DC's missteps, please consider me for a guest spot. Uh, I could talk for hours about the shortcomings of Dan Didio and Bob Harry Ass. Uh, I want to say that uh, the Marvel's Heroes podcast welcomes substantial, informative comments like Kyle Bennings. Uh, at the same time, I pulled a Mister Fix It and I just sort of like laid back on the couch, closed my eyes, and tried to tune out as much of that as I possibly could. And I still managed to get a little headache over here on this side of the brain. Here, here's the thing: when we were talking about the death of Superman, that was totally not planned at all. That whole episode was kind of a rambling mess. And people should know that when you're listening to one of the the seasonal specials or the annuals, to just lower your expectations because literally our worst material ends up in those things. That they're, they're like great big dumping grounds of extra shit that wasn't working out anyplace else. And we just had this long talk about Superman and I was pulling as much information out of my ass as I possibly could, while at the same time making sure to make it clear that I think that 90s Superman comics, really 80s Superman comics, and for the most part 70s Superman comics are fucking shit. And I don't think that DC's gotten Superman right, with the exception of the Lois and Clark marriage. I think that was a great wrinkle, and I think that that was something that was very necessary and a mature step for DC, which is of course they've walked back because they're fucking immature dorks um i i think that superman was right in the golden age he was right in the silver age and he started going wrong in the bronze age and throughout the entire modern age people don't know what the fuck to do with superman so when you're giving me a whole bunch of information about where superman was in the 90s i don't fucking care and i read a lot of those books i read the majority of those books because i was such a dc fan and so much of what happened in the dc universe went through superman titles and it was always a fucking chore because those books are 
fucking garbage. And I don't even understand how people continue to like Superman because those books were so fucking lame. So I just – I don't care. I don't want to talk about Superman comics from that area, the, especially the minutia of it. I just I, – I'm feeling – I'm like stressed out just having to listen to all that. So sorry, Kyle. Love you, but don't talk to me about Superman ever again, please, for the fucking love of God. Uh, <laughs> all the rest of that was cool, though. What was, what was the rest of it again? I was only – because the Superman shit was making it where I couldn't concentrate. Oh, yeah, the New 52 sucks, and more than likely Marvel Comics are going to be sucking now. Um, so uh, go read more independent books, and we'll crank out some more uh, Underguides episodes and less Marvel superheroes unless we're going to comment on cool old comics back when comics were good. Whoa, dude, you went super curmudgeon yeah, I just, I fucking, I don't understand. I, there are people who just love 90s Superman comics. Uh, Michael Bailey, like, at the forefront of that, because he's got a podcast of nothing but talking about Superman comics from Christ on Infinite Earth through Infinite Crisis. And uh, it just makes me sad inside, because those books are so fucking mediocre. I just, I, they're some of the most acceptable comics out there. They're <laughs> journeyman-like, workman-like Clydesdale type comic books, but so unexceptional, so uninvolving, just boring as shit, and making Superman a character that such a fucking drag, just a drag to read that shit. And that's the shit that you hand to movie people and tell them, hey, turn this into a movie. And they read that shit and they're like, who would want to fucking see a movie about this? And then you end up with goddamn Man of Steel because those comic books are what you're trying to reference. From John Byrne on, that stuff is shit. I think the closest Superman got to being any good in that the last. 30, 40 fucking years was when Ed McGinnis was drawing it. And unfortunately, Jeff Loeb was writing that shit. So it's still fucking garbage. It's just goddamn <laughs> gloriously drawn and colored garbage. So fuck Superman comic books in the modern age. And I have no fidelity to any information related to that. And that's why we won't do any major Superman fucking podcasts anytime in the near future. Because I don't want to deal with this shit. I'd much rather just watch one of the fucking Donner movies or read some good Superman comics from before all this stupid shit where they decided they needed to make Superman realistic and more like a Marvel character. Because Superman is only interesting when he's fucking super and doing real cool fucking amazing shit. He's one of the great superhero, greatest superheroes of all time. And so long as you're writing him as just another fucking schmuck, you're actually like Superman was this character that suppressed the entire DC universe. And I've talked about it, how Marvel comics, everybody gets a turn at being the top dog. Sometimes Ghost Rider's fucking popular. Sometimes Deadpool's popular. Sometimes Captain America's popular. Sometimes, hell, there was a time when Alpha Flight was fucking popular, okay? Everybody gets a turn. Everybody gets a shot. And a lot of guys get a chance to be the, the, the thing that people really want to talk about about your company and people are really interested in. One of the reasons why DC Comics suck and, and why they were so frustrating to me even as a fan for all those years is that everything at the DC Universe has to come down to Superman and Batman. And so everybody is measured against them and nobody can be as good as Superman and anybody who gets too far in line gets beat up in a Superman comic book. They get fucked over. And same goes with Batman. Less so with Batman, strangely enough. But one of the great th- one of the things that people loved about the JLA comics was that it gave Superman and Batman an opportunity to make other heroes look like shit and make them look super fucking cool on a monthly basis. It was Superman, Batman, and their their buddies for the most part. So when Superman's a shitty, boring character without any depth and he's being drawn by artists that are pretty good but never like the real top artists at, at, at the particular point in time. So he's not visually interesting. He's not written particularly well. It's it's just like these guys who are carrying on. They're coasting on the fact that they're writing Superman comics and doing as little as possible with the character while still sustaining four or five monthly titles. Okay? Making sure there was a Superman title every fucking week. It was a total chore to read and totally dull. And I don't understand why people would ever think that that stuff was worth bothering with aside from like an enduring love of Superman that totally blinds them to how lame those books are. And then 
they're shitting on all the other DC characters and making sure that none of them are ever as good as Superman and Batman, making sure that anytime anybody steps out of line, these guys step up and go, no, 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 we're still the greatest superheroes of all superheroes, and nobody else is even close to us because we're so fucking awesome. And then you read the books, they're fucking lame. So it makes the whole DC universe look like shit. It suppresses everybody. Nobody can fucking shine because it's all got to come down to Superman or Batman. I hate those attention whores. Fuck them. Sorry. Hate Superman comics. Whoa. Especially modern age superhero comics. Superman comics. So like Superman pre-crisis was better? He was interesting. Yeah. He did. He did weird. He I mean, just the, did super weird, weird and shit. shit. Yeah, I mean, it's just way more interesting, cooler. I mean, all the stuff with Krypton is is cool and interesting and goofy ass shit. Like him going back through time and trying to save Krypton over and over again. He always has the fail because that's how time works. So he can do all this fucking amazing shit, but he can't travel through time and save Krypton. Or like he loves his adoptive parents and they're the people who give him his moral center throughout his entire history. And then they die and he can't do shit about it. And in fact, the first time they died, it was his fault that they died and he could never fix that. Or how the one woman that he could fall in love with because they did that big thing. I think, was it uh, Robert Heinlein who wrote that article in Playboy where it's a man of steel, woman of Kleenex? Where part of the reason why Superman's so weird in the Silver Age is because he can't get his fuck on because, you know, he can't even master about without blowing holes in the Kent farm and shit. And so obviously he could never consummate his relationship with Lois Lane because he'd break her to pieces. So he finally finds a, a beautiful actress on the planet Krypton when he goes back through time. But of course she's doomed because he can't save her and he can't save Krypton. So it added that other layer. Like, not only can he not save Krypton, but he can't get this one woman that he's fallen in love with off the planet before it blows up, no matter what he does, because it's just fate. No matter how powerful he is, no matter how super he is, fate says, you're going to have tragedy, buddy. This is the shit that you can't fix, no matter how hard you try. You can go back through time as many times as you want to. You're never going to succeed at this thing. And I love stories like that. It, it, it definitely helps put things in perspective. And all the Golden Age stuff is cool, because he's just, he's the social justice crusader. So, you know, that when you read about these bankers that, you know, they fuck people out of all their retirement money and then they have these little bullshit prison sentences and they come back out and they're rich again and he just grabs those guys by the ankle and runs them across power lines and shit like that. It's a total power fantasy where you're as a common man just wanting to see these people held accountable and Superman did that shit and that stuff's great too. So the sci-fi stuff is great, the tragedy stuff is great, the the social uh, uh, justice aspect of it is great and then by the time you get to the late 70s, early 80s, it's just total milk toast, status quo all the villains are established, we're not going to do anything interesting with any of these characters anymore and Superman's got to be the guy who is just uh, an impeachable paragon of mediocrity and white American suburban values so that's when the books just aren't interesting anymore wow and what sucks too is that their assholes are so tight about making Superman the greatest thing ever that he just can't even have decent villains it's not that Superman doesn't have good villains and concepts that have then good stories have been told those villains but even when you get a, a villain that gets too big for his purchase like Mongol Mongol is one of the coolest Superman villains ever created he's appeared in some of the best Superman stories ever told and the first thing they did post-crisis was depower him to the point where he's just another fucking schmuck he's just some guy who kind of looks like Darkseid who gets into fights with Superman and loses badly and then you're like well no wonder nobody cares when this guy shows up anymore he went from being this badass a whole team of people would get thrown at this guy and he'd still be beating their asses and Superman actually had to use his smarts to beat this guy he couldn't overpower him because this guy was at least as equal if not as better and then the first thing they do is they counterman that and they just make him another you know punching bag he's a big yellow punching yeah. bag well because if he can be Superman then that means he's the most powerful person right. the- and, and they can't allow for that so they, that, they, that, they that, that screws yeah. up their whole hi- hierarchy and everything's yeah. fucked up yeah, even the Spectre. They had a great story in the early '80s where the Spectre said, basically says, "Look, you can't. He's going to have to pass through heaven to save Supergirl, who's 
been flung out into space. And Spectre basically says, whoa, buddy, you can't go there. And so they fight and they do all this kind of stuff and Superman can't do anything to the Spectre in this story. So in the end, what happens is Kara passes through heaven and comes back out again and Spectre explains, hey, look, she was in a coma. She had no idea she was ever there. You can't as a living person go into there because you're never going to come out again, but she could just sort of pass through and if you had a little bit of faith, we could have saved ourselves a bunch of trouble. Just let this happen. There's some things that are beyond even your power. Whereas in the post-crisis universe, he grabbed the Spear of Destiny and almost killed Spectre in his own book. So, and the, Superman shouldn't even really be handling magical objects because it should be fucking him up. But no, he grabs a spear that they stab Christ with and it goes after Spectre, the, the wrath, the, the, the embodiment of God's wrath. So even the Spectre can't be more powerful than Superman the way they get it set up. Yeah, that's whack. Yeah, so it just makes him a total bore because he yeah, can't right, be challenged Marvel, by anything. there's nobody like that. Yeah, and exactly. That's, and that's the whole point. That's why I hate Superman comics so much and why the entire DC universe suffers because of their unwavering fidelity to two characters that have to be better than everybody else and everything. But Superman being the most emblematic of that. Because at least Batman's been shown as fallible at different points in time. And at least they managed to tell interesting stories with Batman because of the natural limitations of him being a human being. But Superman, they just fucking, no, the, the, the kid gloves are always on with that character. Well, but it seems like now at least they're, they're they're making it so he doesn't fly anymore, right? And he wears a freaking t-shirt and jeans. Yeah, that's that's horrible. I hate yeah, all isn't that, that too. Isn't that like way too far the other way? Yes, yeah, way too far the other way. And you know it's just temporary. But my main issue is one of the things that you could lob as a criticism of Wonder Woman is that she steals – not only does she have a poor relationship with her sporting characters like the Donna Troy Wonder Girl, the Cassandra Sandsmark Wonder Girl, but she steals their best bits. But the big thing with Wonder Girl was that she could fly, where Wonder Woman at best could sort of float on air currents, but she couldn't fly. She needed her invisible plane for that. So that's what made the two characters different. It's like the only thing that Wonder Girl could do that made her more powerful than Wonder Woman was the flight. So they gave Wonder Woman flight, and she doesn't need her invisible plane anymore, one of the most iconic elements of that character. And now Wonder Girl doesn't have the one thing that makes her distinct and different from Wonder Woman. In the case of Cassie Sandsmark, she seemed to fated to gain these powers where she should have been just like a normal girl, but she keeps lucking into all this superpower. In particular, Zeus himself bequeathing a ton of power to her so she could run around and do cool stuff. She gets her own little lasso that shoots electricity. And you're like, well, why would this one character get this? And it turns out, oh, she's the illegitimate daughter of Zeus. So that's why she gets this special treatment. And that's, that's cool. So what do they do in the New 52? They reveal that Wonder Woman wasn't made out of clay. She's just made out of uh, Zeus fucking... Hippolyta. So she's always stealing the shit from her own supporting cast, and then she doesn't have good relationships with those characters that work. And then you take Superman, they created that Superboy character, but there's always been a bit of an estrangement because Superboy didn't exist prior to the 90s. He was just Superman as a boy, stories of Superman as a boy. So then they created a whole new character. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, so before that, Superboy was just Superman as a, as a boy, as a young man, as a teenager. And uh, then they removed that aspect from Superman. It's one of the things that made Superman lamer is that he no longer was Superboy. After that was like, an essential part of his continuity and from which a lot of things were generated that became part of Superman's main lore. Came out of Superboy stories, including Bizarro. So they take that away from Superman and then they create an entirely separate character named Superboy. And it's, it's a clone of Superman and they do all these stories with him, but... For me, one of the most interesting areas was when he's got it grown up a little bit and he started running around in like jeans and a black t-shirt with a Superman symbol on it. So now Superman looks exactly like Superboy used to look. So he's stealing his shit from his own supporting character. It's like they dry run it on lesser characters and when it's, oh, right. shit, it works. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's, let's do it with uh, Superman. Yeah. And, and so even the supporting characters can't keep anything that's theirs. It all has to come back to the main character. They just exist to create IP that can be stolen by the main hero. So yeah, that's another thing I hate. Plus, John Romita Jr. is still drawing him, and John Romita Jr. has no business drawing Superman. And it looks like they're turning Superman into a character that John Romita Jr. can draw instead of having him continue to draw Superman. <laughs> that is weird. 
What a weird uh, situation. Hey, did we just do a, blood, a DC Bloodlines podcast? Sort of, kind of. I don't curse on the DC Bloodlines, though. So We'll just bleep them out. <laughs> you can take this comment and our, your response and my comment with your responses and just... We'll see what happens. All right. uh, so, hey, that was Kyle Binning. You want to do Ciscoid? Mm, yeah. Okay, this is uh, Ciscoid's comment on episode number 39, Top 10 Avengers, Age of Ultron tie-in. And he says, my top ten favorite Avengers, I'm not including Avengers Academy or Young Avengers characters. One, Hawkeye. Two, Hank Pym. I don't even care which version. Uh, three, Tigra. Four, Black Knight. Five, Captain America. Six, Mockingbird. Seven, Wasp. Eight, Hercules. Nine, Iron Man. Rhodey version. Sorry, Tony. Ten, Spider-Woman. Jessica Drew. So funny. And Secret Avengers. There are other Avengers that I love, perhaps more, but not as Avengers. She-Hulk is a member of the Fantastic Four, and I don't believe the whole... Uh, everyone's and I don't believe in the whole everyone's an Avenger. Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Wolverine should never be considered Avengers. Uh, a similar movie list as represented in Avengers movies as of Age of Ultron would go like Hulk, Cap, Widow, Hawkeye. A huge move forward with Age of Ultron. Uh, Thor, Iron Man, Quicksilver, Vision, Scarlet Witch, uh, and Nick Fury. Ten worst Avengers. I think Frank has it right. Uh, it's less about being a bad character than than about not being appropriate as an Avenger. And if I go for only lame characters and not inappropriate ones that I can't consider Avengers, I'd have to add Thing and Moon Knight uh, in there as well, despite my great love for Avengers of West Coast and or West Coast Avengers. I also name in no particular order Gilgamesh, Star Fox, Cersei, Mantis, Stingray, Red Hulk, Jocasta, Sentry, Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel. I love her later career, though. Ares. Anyway, it's off the top of my head, and I consider... And considering I didn't read much Avengers after 1990. I like the top ten list. It's interesting. I, I, that's totally the kind of list I would expect from Siskoid because he's not going for a bunch of obvious people in there. It's a nice mix yeah. of different characters. I liked Cersei as an Avenger. I think that came up previously, so I'm gonna, I am gonna have to point that out. I can understand ruling out Moon Knight because that's a ill fit to my thinking as well. But I kind of think the thing works because the thing with Marvel team up – or sorry, Marvel 2 and 1. He teamed up with so many other characters and had it work – and it wasn't the way that Spider-Man teamed up with people in Marvel Team Up because with him, he was still always the outsider, the loner, the loser who was hanging out with a more prominent hero, even though in comic book turns, they were always less prominent than Spider-Man for the most part. Or with the thing, it was much more of him working with peers. It's just like, oh, okay, this is the guy I'm going to work with to beat this guy. This is the guy I'm going to work with to beat this guy. It just it, So for me, he fits better as an Avenger. I don't have a problem with that. He doesn't have to be in the Fantastic Four. And I like She-Hulk as an Avenger and as a member of the she, uh, Fantastic Four. So they, if they swap out, one's on one team, one's on the other team, I'm, I'm probably contented with that. Yeah, I thought the lists were cool too. Very interesting. I don't understand not liking the Monica Rambeau Captain Marvel as an Avenger though. Yeah, I like – well, I mean that's the that's a lot of that Roger Stern stuff too. Oh, I like all that stuff. Yeah. So let's see. Ange wrote the same episode. Debating listening to reviews before I see it, which will probably be upcoming weekend. Boy, we're fucking late getting this thing out, yeah. aren't we? It's been a while. As a DC guy, I have rarely read The Avengers on a steady basis. Outside of the rare individual issue bought off the rack for 30 cents in my youth, my runs are – and please don't ju- laugh. Number one, Jeff John Scott Collins Avengers. Number two – Bendis Finch, New Avengers. Three, current Hickman, New Avengers. Four, Burn West Coast Avengers. Of those, I think the Burn run is clearly the best. The Hickman stuff is interesting in scope. The Bendis stuff was interesting in the team makeup being odd. But the Burn stuff felt like the Avengers. Anyway, I would like to hear at some point the top ten Avengers villains. Outside of Kang, is there anyone that is purely an Avengers villain? And I am surprised Tigra didn't get mentioned given this show's love of the cat. Avengers villains that are solely Avengers villains. Well, I think that 
Fox has proven that Kang can't be considered a sole Avengers villain since yeah. they retconned the Rama Tut thing. Yeah. Well, it's not the the Doom connection. It's that he's supposed to be Rama Tut, who appeared in Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, So which is something they could easily fix by retconning that part out. Maybe make Immortus Rama Tut, and then Immortus and Kang are two different characters. That's the way you can get around Uh, that. And those... Those Perez era Avengers, that's all coming up right now too, which is super weird. The stuff you're reading the yeah. Avengers stuff, yeah. yeah. Where they're dealing with Immortus and talking about Ramatut and talking about Kang and how Ramatut's past Immortus's future Kang, but a divergent Kang. It, it's so Kang is so fucked up, dude. Yeah. Like you can't have a story with Kang that's just straightforward. Uh yeah. So anyway, uh, Avengers villains that are just solely Avengers villains, you got like guys like Korvac. Uh yeah. Oh well, they t- they tie them in cl- more closely with Guardians of the Galaxy, but that only happens because really? they appeared in Avengers. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, they're Avengers villains. My brain's not working right. Graviton now. was an Avengers villain, right? Sure. Okay. Uh, huh. So you're the Avengers guy. So, but it's pretty late at night. So it's two forty-seven. Let's get let's give the guy a break. Yeah. Give, yeah. Hey, give me a break. We'll we'll do plenty of top ten lists in the future, and we will definitely read more Avengers stuff in the future. And, and as far as Tigra, I, I like Tigra well enough, but she's not on the top list of anything I've ever done. Oh. And and I I'm more interested in Hellcat, who was created through the cat, than I am in Tigra. And Hellcat's a defender, not an Avenger. All right, moving on to the next comment from CJ. He says, agree or not, best Frank rant ever. ever. Good stuff. What was that from? Uh, my anti-Spider-Man rant, I think. Oh, yeah, that was good stuff. Um, our next comment is from Simon Donovan. Nice podcast this week, guys. We had the Star Wars trailer in the UK. Uh, no Ant-Man trailer, though. Really? They had the Star Wars trailer in the UK? Showing some Avengers? That's crazy. Uh, just having a catch-up on the episodes. Listen to How Did This Get Made podcast, Punisher movie episode. Has the director's story. Interesting. Can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Not as predictable as I thought. Keep up the good work, guys. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but just to reiterate, it's possible that, that episode of How Did This Get Made was the first podcast I ever listened to. I don't recall listening to one before that one, and I think that came out before Fire and Water. If not, then it was the first non-Fire and Water podcast I ever listened to. We, we actually listened to that podcast while we were repairing your car, I believe, right? Yeah, that's yes. true. It yeah. was It was quite interesting. That was a cool episode, yeah. Although it oversold a shitty movie. Yeah. All right, the next comment is from Keith G. Baker. He says, catching up, great episode as always, usually free-flowing language. Didn't get the one bleep, censorship sucks, Hawkeye's a dick. That censorship was because we basically had spoiled that Hawkeye had a wife. Yeah, and we, we wanted to keep it as yeah, spoiler-free that, that on, on that movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, look, it's been out, folks. Yeah. Hawkeye's got a wife. Deal with it. Yeah. If you didn't see the movie by now, what's your problem? Yeah. If you, hear like anything, if you hear anything bleeps in the Marvel Superheroes podcast, it's not for cursing. We no. Have, there's a different no. method to the madness. Yeah. It's always the real name of somebody that we don't want to name or some overly identifying marker that I want to conceal. Right. In the 2015s, the internet is a scary fucking place. And I try to protect us as much as possible, even when we're falling short of protecting ourselves. Well, we want to protect you guys, too. Look, the movie had just come out. Yeah. Just come out. Yeah. So we didn't need to be dropping bombs. It kind of takes some shit out of the movie, if, if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, yeah. The next comment is from Count Dracula. He says, can one be too lazy to write but still record and edit a 10-minute message on GarageBand? And cue that as well. Hey, Rolled Spine folks, it's your wild agent of Marvel, Count Druncula, responding to the Super Blog Team-Up crossover top 10 episode of the Marvel Superheroes podcast. Um, normally, I would write my response, but after doing a podcast for so long, you start to realize that writing sucks in every form. 
first I want to say that Frank's breathy introduction to that episode, like a 900 sex chat number, uh, I don't know what that was, but I don't ever want to hear it again. On the other hand, you guys did save the episode a minute later when Frank and Max started doing the saxophone melody. That was wonderful. I cracked up. I also cracked up really hard when Max started comparing Mantis's origin to Nicki Minaj. That was beautiful. In my own kind of way, I have to respond by coming up with my own top ten lists to compare to yours. Um, so right off the bat, uh, my top ten Avengers, based on the same criteria that Mac had, how these characters fare as Avengers. Uh, the first honorable mention would be Beast. He is a classic Avengers character. He's great for the team, but he is one of the most important, most iconic X-Men characters, and I don't think you can have that status and also be considered one of the top ten Avengers. Sorry, that's just, I, I nixed that. Next honorable mention, next runner-up, is one that I just put up there just because of the potential. I wish she was more involved with the Avengers. I wish she was more iconic, and that is She-Hulk. Um, I love the character. I wish she could be the Hulk's rep- representation in the Avengers family, because I don't think the Hulk belongs on the team long-term. He's just not a team player that way. He's good as a founder, but he doesn't work. I think She-Hulk has the people skills to bring that strength, that that presence of the Hulk as an A-lister, while still getting along with other characters. Uh, And the last honorable mention is Spider-Woman, the Jessica Drew version. I think she was probably the best part of Brian Michael Bendis' run on the Avengers titles, was elevating her she feels like an older established character, and she feels like she really could have been introduced to the team earlier and would have would have gelled well with the sort of the shooter era. Moving on to the actual top ten. Uh, number ten would be Captain Marvel alias Ms. Marvel or Warbird or whatever she's been called. I really like the character. I I think I'll always think of her in her classic kind of black cla- costume with the uh the open thighs and open shoulders and the red sash. I get that they changed it to make it a little less, a little more practical and a little bit less sex object-y. And I like the new costume too. Number nine, Black Panther. One of my favorite Marvel characters. It just feels like for, for as much as he has been involved at certain crucial times, he wasn't always, he always sort of gotten. Black Panther feels like he, he can have the, the technology and the brilliance of Iron Man, the physical skills and the leadership skills of Captain America, and the sort of ruler from an alien culture that Thor has. Um, but instead of replacing all three of those guys with Black Panther, he sort of gets overshadowed by them. But he's still a great Avenger. Uh, number eight is Hank Pym. He's just He's always there in one form or another, whether it's Ant-Man or Giant-Man or Yellow Jacket or Goliath. He's one of the founders of the Avengers. He belongs on that list. It's hard to imagine the Avengers without him. He's as disruptive as he sometimes is. Number seven, Wasp. Similar reasons. She's one of the founding Avengers. She's been one of the leaders of the Avengers. She's just, yeah, she's one of those who should be always sort of considered for an Avengers lineup. Uh, number six, Thor. And even though I do agree that he, he he feels like one of the big three of the Avengers, and he should have that status, he deserves to have that status when you're thinking about his contributions as an Avenger, he's 
he may have had his best moments outside of the book. Um, and he's just always written as a, uh, to have an excuse to leave. So I agreed with what you were saying there. Number five, Scarlet Witch and number four, Vision. Again, they always just belong with the team. They, they're just there. They're just present. Uh, number three, Hawkeye. Like Max said, his best moments, his perennial moments are as an Avenger. He led Avengers West Coast. Um, it's hard to imagine the team without him. Number two, Iron Man, and number one, Captain America. It feels like the Avengers was a group of heroes that kind of came together. It was a team-up for the first couple issues. But in issue four, when they brought Captain America aboard, that's when it wasn't a team-up. That's when it was a team. Um, so he's always going to be number one. And take away from that, my top four, Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, and Vision, were the four playable characters that you could use in the Avengers arcade game. That was at the Walmart that I, I would go to and visit and play that game all the time. Good times. Uh, moving on, top ten Marvel Cinematic Universe Avengers. Number ten... I would put the Falcon just because I like this character more than War Machine or Nick Fury or Maria Hill or whoever else you could potentially put up there. Number nine, Quicksilver, just because he didn't do quite as much as Scarlet Witch. Uh, number eight, Scarlet Witch, just because she did a little bit more than Quicksilver. Uh, number seven is The Vision. Um, he stole the show and he was great in Age of Ultron. Uh, but looking at the top six, it's going to be the original six, mostly because of their exposure across more films than the others. Uh, and that would be number six, Hawkeye. Really sort of underserved in the Avengers, although I think he was used pretty well for what he was, considering Joss kind of had to introduce him brand new in the Avengers. I don't, I doubt many people remembered him from Thor. Putting him as a villain or as a bad guy sidekick lackey in the first Avengers at least gave him screen time and made you think about him and gave him a focus. Uh, and then he stole the show in a lot of ways in Age of Ultron. They really made amends for that, and he got some of the funniest lines and some good scenes. It was, it was, a, it was a nice treat. Number five, Black Widow. I think Joss really had a good handle on her, and Joss likes to write strong women, so he did a good job with her in the first Avengers. They did even better in The Winter Soldier. And I thought she was handled really well in Age of Ultron 2. I liked, I liked her romantic subplot with Banner up to a certain point, but I'll get to that when you actually do your reviews of the movie. And number four, Thor. They've demonstrated that he's a heavy hitter, but... In the two Avengers movies, I'm not sure Joss had en enough for him to do, and certainly his part got really truncated in Age of Ultron. He did have another, a, a much longer subplot that got cut. And number three was the Hulk. The Hulk stole the show. He got the biggest laughs and biggest surprises out of the first Avengers film, and still some really good moments in Age of Ultron, but not quite as many. And number two would be Iron Man, just because it's, it's, it's been his franchise and his universe for so long. I mean, it's, it's hard to see anybody. But I really have seen over the last couple of movies of Captain America stepping out from behind Iron Man's shadow. And Frank and I have argued about this, because I think Captain America was really underserved and probably used the worst in the Avengers movie. I don't think Joss Whedon had a good handle on the character. His jokes were flat. He didn't have any really interesting moments in the action sequence. And at the end, when the team came together in the first Avengers, Iron Man had to give him control and had to say, call it Captain. 
where the Avengers failed for me was that Joss Whedon did not explain who Captain America was in the 21st century or why the world still needed him. The Russo brothers did that with the Winter Soldier. They answered those questions completely. This is who he is in the modern-day world, and this is why the world still needs him. And that was taken even further in Age of Ultron, where we saw him step out from behind Tony's shadow and actually take control and take leadership of the team. And probably my favorite Captain America moment, uh, it's a subtle moment, but it's in Age of Ultron. You really have to be looking for it, but it's, without spoiling too much, at the end when Sokovia needs to be evacuated, Captain America is literally the last man on the transports. He waits until the very last second to evacuate. That is Joss Whedon getting Captain America. And that's... Yeah, I love that moment, and that's why I think he is the best of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Avengers. As far as Frank's list went about the the worst Avengers, I can't I can't argue. I completely agree with his list. I might change the order a little bit, but I think he he got that pretty much. Um, so I came up with my own top ten list, which is the top ten villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And number ten probably surprise a lot of people is Loki. For being in three movies, almost four, this version of Loki hasn't done a whole lot for me. I still don't think he's been played up to his potential. Tom Hiddleston is a very charismatic and gives a mesmerizing performance, but I think the character hasn't been written that great. He hasn't felt like a devious trickster god. He's felt petulant, he's felt jealous, kind of weaselly, um, and he he plays tricks, he casts illusions, and he manipulates people, he takes control of people, but I don't see a big endgame coming from it. It doesn't. It, he doesn't feel like a real devious schemer, just a liar, and that's not Loki. That, that's not Loki up to his full potential. Number nine, Emil Blonsky slash The Abomination from The Incredible Hulk. Even though dude looked like they were just ripping off Doomsday from The Death of Superman, he looked cool. I really liked Tim Roth and his sort of devolution throughout the movie um, and how crazy he started going, how addicted to the, the serum he started getting. Um, he was fun to watch. I wish they would bring the abomination back. Number eight, Thanos, because he hasn't done anything yet except make threats and sit around, so hopefully we'll see more of that potential. Number seven, Arnim Zola, even forgetting his little performance in the first Avenger, Captain America, if you just reduced him to his scene as a monitor screen in The Winter Soldier. That was enough fan service to make me giddy, and I loved it. Uh, number six, Obadiah Stane slash the Ironmonger from the first Iron Man film. Surprised me because I never really knew what to expect from that character. Uh, when I saw the movie, I, I didn't know if they were going to actually play him out as a villain or if he was just going to be a father figure. So when he did his villainous turn, I was a little bit surprised, even though I knew his story in the comics. And number five, the from Iron Man 2, Justin Hammer. Just such a fun performance that he just chewed up, and it was it was funny. Never really saw him as a real serious threat, but he was still funny to watch. Number four, even from his short little time, I loved Ulysses Claw in Age of Ultron. I liked Andy Serkis. I couldn't imagine him playing this type of role, um, but he's, he did great, and I cannot wait to see him again in Black Panther. Number three... Joss Whedon. I'm sorry. I mean Ultron. I get those two confused. Yeah, Ultron. He was he was 
scary. He was crazy. Um, he was scary because he was crazy. And I think sometimes he was written a little bit inconsistently, and that's why he's not my number one. Number two, General Ross from The Incredible Hulk. I really liked how William Hurt just, again, chewed that scenery and delivered that character as the foil for The Incredible Hulk. And I'm so glad because they just announced today that General Ross will be appearing in Captain America Civil War. And that, that warms my heart because Marvel seemed like they were distancing themselves from that movie after recasting the character of Banner. Um, so it's nice to see that he will be back. And number one, The Winter Soldier. Surprised me, but just on a purely visual level, he, he comes across as such a silent stalker force of nature when he's attacking Nick Fury and then when he's attacking Captain America and Black Widow and the Falcon on the, the overpass. Um, it's probably my favorite action sequence in the Winter Soldier out of all of the Marvel movies. Um, and he just did such a good part with that. And I love his, his sort of catharsis at the end with Cap at the end of Winter Soldier. Great stuff. So even though I don't think he will be a villain going forward, he is my number one favorite villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, all right. Great episodes as always. That was my response. Um, and here is your wild agent of Marvel, Count Druncula, signing out. Signing off? Checking out? Whatever. Fuck you guys. I, I don't know if you ever listened to that, but we have a... a, a, a you wanna, we can listen to that right quick if you want to. It's 15 minutes long, though. Fuck no. We'll listen to it some other time. <laughs> we'll listen to it some other time. Uh, Matt W. wrote, Hello, gentlemen of Marvel Superheroes Podcast. Just recently discovered your podcast and listening from the beginning. You guys speak well and avoid the tendency to fanboy rage, which is greatly appreciated, unless we're talking about Superman. Oh! Uh, but furthermore, you genuinely love comics. Overall, it's fun to hear the general conversation about various Marvel characters. It's such a big universe and so much. It's just fun. So I like your podcast a lot. Let me change direction and say I'm not as much a part of the comics. Uh, I grew up on the TV cartoons and only in recent years have I gained an appreciation for comics. I Hart still enjoys the cartoons, specifically that with each series you get a different interpretation of each character. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to catching up to your recent podcasts. And uh, yeah, I, I like the animation too. I, I think and he's definitely right. You definitely get different interpretations with, yeah. with each iteration of the cartoon, yeah. for sure. Yes, yeah, one of the what, things what, refreshing what was with cartoons. Huh? What comment was this on? I think it was just a general comment. Oh. I, I think it might have been on an uncommon uh, source. I'm not sure if that was a blog post or what that was. Yeah. But uh, one of the things I think is cool about comics, and I, I might have been a little bit more itchy about fidelity to the comic books when I was a kid, but now that there's so much superhero media out there, if somebody wants to take a different approach to it, I'm less judgmental about that. I like seeing some of the different interpretations. Sometimes they do good things. They make smart choices. Sometimes you got to get away from the comics. Sometimes, uh, and a lot of times outside media have influenced the comics in positive ways. So as long as they're true to the cores of the characters, or they take characters that have loosey-goosey cores that you're not really sure what's supposed to be the appeal of that character, and they figure out a way of making you like that character, that's great. And I, obviously, I think the majority of superhero lore is going to come from movies and TV shows now. I don't think there are enough people that read comic books yeah. for that to be significant. I think the comic books are an opportunity to get ideas 
ideas for the shows. So that's just the way they're going to be taken on at these, this point. So well, I, I, well, I think it's great to go back to the roots and look at the comic book stories. Uh, you have to embrace that. And I, I think we do that because we talk a lot about the movies and we will talk about more of the animation as well in the future. We still aren't, don't have like a strong agenda here in terms of like, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. We're going to do that. A lot of times this is sort of a catch as catch can podcast. And sometimes we're going to talk about TV shows. Sometimes we're going to talk about comics. We find it all to be valid and all of it's worth discussing. Yeah, well, and, and I gotta say, back in my comic book days, I was freaking adamant continuity, continuity, maintain continuity. Because back then, shit didn't other like Crisis on Infinite Earths was the only major universe reboot ever, right? Like we were all reading contiguous comic books, shitty writing here and there, retcons here and there, right? Different story. Well, since I stopped reading comic books, we got huge reborn. I mean, stuff gets rebooted like every year now. Yeah. And shit gets retconned in and out and it turns out you're on a different universe and a parallel universe and you're on Earth 616 and 712 and burp, burp, burp. So you kind of get desensitized to it. Like I said, I read that Tony Stark had been adopted at some point. Look, now I know that'll get retconned out at some point. It just doesn't matter. It's going to go away eventually. And it probably will be with this whatever all new, all happy Marvel. It'll probably yeah. be, you can't let it bother you as much anymore because it, j- it changes too often now. It's just a different environment. Whereas, like I said, back then I was fucking, what are you talking about, man? It's, it's one solid record. You're, you know what I mean? It was one guy's life I've been reading about all these years, and now it's just uh, it's a disaster. Yeah. Well, and just the time catches up with you because in the 60s, Marvel referenced stuff from the 40s, but they didn't have strong continuity yeah, yeah. with the 40s comics. So for throughout the 1960s, you had Stan Lee and, and a, a whole group of a bullpen of talented creators who were telling their stories and were able to keep it consistent enough to where it formed an actual universe of stories because they were all generated from a handful of people that were the prime architects. Then in the 1970s, you had people that loved what they were doing and had fidelity to that. And even though they did different stuff, they always held on to that continuity. Once you get to the 80s, it starts to get a little bit looser. But again, you got that, that strong strand that kept everything connected. By the 90s, you had a lot of people who didn't have respect for what had come before them, who were trying to do something new and bold and sell a bunch of comic books or who just didn't care and weren't terribly competent and they're not trying to remember 10 years worth of comics they're trying to remember 30 years worth of comics so by the time you get to the 2000s you've got 40 years worth of continuity some of it's terrible some of it's stuff that you just want to forget about and then should never been put in place in the first place people are just going to take more and more liberties the more decades pass and that's only true of Marvel but DC DC was not created to be a freaking universe it was a bunch of individual titles some of which connected to one another but to a large degree they had nothing to do with each other until the 60s when they started trying to emulate Marvel. And even then, it was a slow process. In the 1970s, half the Justice League suddenly became Ursat's Avengers because they borrowed the personalities directly from Marvel comics and implanted them in the characters whether it suited them or not. So DC never really had a strong continuity. It was stronger post-crisis than it ever had been previously. And to sometimes that was to their benefit and sometimes to their detriment. One of the tragedies for me is that by the 2000s, it seemed like DC had finally started to get away from the repression that the crisis continuity had impressed upon them and allowing themselves to reach back to earlier continuities and play around the stuff from decades before them and play with them in a new modern context. And I thought that DC was finally starting to embrace its full history and getting the full advantage of the wonder of that universe and the, the, the span of that universe. And then the New 52 happened and they made it as tiny as possible. They made their universe as small and as narrow and as non-inclusive as possible. 
And now Marvel seems to be doing very much the same thing after they had they played out their continuity for so long that at this point you kind of have to dump some stuff and, and make some changes. If I'm watching a movie and I'm enjoying a movie and then I try to read a comic book and the comic books are sucking, then why would I favor the original medium even if it's an, the inferior one? I'd yeah. much rather just go watch a movie where they have a lot less to sift through, a lot less continuity. And they just pick the good stuff and they represent that in a live action film. I'm going to enjoy that a hell of a lot more than most modern comic books. So yeah, I mean, you know, you just got to go where you're it, find your joy, as Shag would put it. You've got to find where you're actually being entertained and not be worried about whether or not it's a biblical canon. Right. Excellent. Well put. All right. Next comments from uh, Jason Martinez. He says, listen to the top 10 Avengers and Age of Ultron tie-in. Our next comment is from Professor Riptide. He says, fun top 10 episode, gents. Thank you, Professor Riptide. Our comment after that is from Martin Gray. He says, on the latest Marvel Superheroes podcast, what is this Mary Marvel Marching Society of which you speak? Spelled M A R Y. It's it's a gay joke. Yeah. Which thank you to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now we can have Mary Marvel marching societies. Indeed. Well, except that political correctness says we shouldn't call gay folks Marys anymore. I think that's one of those ones where we as straight guys can't actually say Marys. Oh no, so. definitely not. I, this I need entire to go back. Segment, We're going to cut this whole. This whole thing. entire segment yeah. is going to be edited out. We apologize if we've offended anybody. The next comment is from Count Drunkdale. He says, "What." Post-credit stinger on latest hashtag MSHP podcast, mind blown. Yeah, that's when I announced the DC podcasts that have been taking the place of the Marvel podcast for the last several weeks. Sorry. I know folks really, people really miss the Marvel Superheroes podcast. I can't compete with us as a group, so. It's all good. Uh, our next comment is from Kyle Binning uh, on episode number 40, Marvel's Age of Ultron 2015. Half listened to Avengers 2 episode now. Uh, don't know if someone pointed this out yet to you guys, but Veronica is an Archie joke. Which also popped up in that podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, the comment after that is from Siskoid on that same podcast. He says, a lot of nitpicks there, you guys. But after Frank ruined Guardians, I don't know what I was expecting. I spilled a lot of, spilled a lot of virtual ink on the Black Widow gate, so I won't do it again. Uh, as for the rest, uh, my biggest agree is with Frank on how it seemed like a response to Man of Steel. I had the same glow. Biggest disagree was probably any notion that uh, continuity implants to coming Infinity War were any good. I don't know if we said they were any good. I'm just saying they were necessary, for better or for worse. They keep taking me out of the movie, so I really have zero use for Infinity Gauntlet bullshit and Marvel during those days. It's just a distraction to me. Stick the story. Don't sell me a movie that's three years off. It was too full, and I think they'd if they'd cut some of that Infinity crap out, there would have been more room for things that were glossed over, like Ultron's motivation. Or they could spend more time on the farm doing melodrama. Yeah. I want to see the three-and-a-half, four-hour cut of the movie, and, and I'd like to judge it based on those merits. So I want them to do a rogue cut of Avengers 2 and see how that works out. Yeah, I just, I feel like... Uh... We were, I really felt like we missed stuff. There was just too many all yeah. pieces dangling there that didn't connect to anything that you're... Like, you waited to pay off and never paid off. But but the the good news is that, is that like I, we talked about the other day, you know, I was right. The movie didn't really do that well. No, I, it, I, it, it did well. It's, it's no, not no. at all... Poorly, it's just underperformed, and you were right. It did underperform. It underperformed. I, I'm, I'm just saying it underperformed. Marvel. It's knows only it. the number two film of the year. Marvel knows it underperformed. Yeah, and I think that they're going to listen to some of the criticisms, and hopefully that will make the next films better. Yeah, which or, unfortunately is much Infinity Gauntlet bullshit yeah. that you don't want. To <laughs> yeah. Well, that and also the it gives them an opportunity to receive a bunch of notes from Disney executives, so it could actually get much worse from here instead of better. That is true. Yeah, that is true. So, do we want to address the Black Widow stuff? 
Not tonight. Okay, well, just in brief, there's only one major female character throughout a whole bunch of Marvel movies, and it's easy to put way too much weight on this one character, especially a character that's an established murderess who worked for the frickin' Soviet black ops organization. So let's not take the whole we're both monsters thing too frickin' literally. She's a, she fucking set fire to a hospital somewhere that they that, yeah, that Loki discussed. Look. So she is a monster. It's got nothing to do with whether or not she can be impregnated. Impregnated. Oh my uh, gosh, people. I think it's the more about somebody had controlled her life so thoroughly and and so transformed her that she no longer felt like she was a 100% human being and could relate to the damage that Bruce Banner had done to himself in his pursuit of gamma radiation technology. So that's what they were talking about. It's got nothing to do with you reading too much into one line of dialogue. And I'm sorry, where were you fuckers when Gamora was getting shit upon on Guardians of the Galaxy? I had feminist pissed at me because I was pointing out problems with that character. And I think that that's a character that should have been a lot more competent, a lot more agency should have been allowed to that character, afforded that character. Black Widow is a human who hasn't even gotten a proper widow sting after four fucking movies or whatever, and she's an established murderous assassin. What the fuck are you expecting from this poor character? Yeah. Well, Let her fucking be. Well, and then people go down this rabbit hole of, well, she's not on any merchandise, and then you realize Hawkeye's not on any of that merchandise either. Yeah, because either. they're not as interesting, and they're not as well, strong, and they don't have as many cool powers. I hope we're going to see a lot of Scarlet Witch, though, because that chick is fucking badass. Well, and then you also realize, oh, hey, you're expecting to have Scarlett Johansson's face as Black Widow, in which case they have to pay Scarlett Johansson for all those shitty 9.99 t-shirts at Walmart. It ain't gonna happen. You're gonna put Captain America in a mask, and you're gonna put Iron Man in a mask, and that's per- and Hulk, who's just big and green. You can do that, and that's fine, but you have to pay these freaking actors. It's not because they're trying to oppress a woman character. There are dollars involved. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure, because I, I think why isn't is- Hawkeye on any of these freaking t-shirts either? It's because they want the big three. That's why. Yeah, I, I think that's probably more true is that they want the big three sometimes the, the well most- and here's the thing too i'm sitting here having this conversation in a, in a dc shirt that i bought don't buy very many dc shirts because it's usually got freaking superman or batman on them and i don't want to promote superman or batman green lantern or the flash there's a serious sausage factory issue with dc comics where they're trying to push a justice league that, that is just those four characters the exclusion of everyone else including and especially pointedly wonder woman but i'm wearing the shirt and it's a bunch of style guide images of, of various characters and we're gotten super obscure too we've got fucking el dorado is on here uh, the the version of Orion that had a manny faces twisting top thing. There's no women on the shirt that I'm wearing right now. I bought it because I, I liked that licensing material too much. I liked that all the so many of the heroes had big smiles on their faces. But I'm keenly aware that I'm wearing a shirt without a single freaking woman on it. There's a much bigger problem than just a representation in a movie. This is something systemic, and it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of bitching. I don't have a problem with them bitching about the lack of Scarlet Witch, because, or I mean, sorry, of uh, Black Widow. Hell, both. You know, you bitch about it and hopefully they'll turn up on that stuff. Cause I would love, I own, I have a, the Avenger shirt that I have has both those characters on it. And I, and I'm happy about that. It's just that it's, it's not, I just don't think it's some massive conspiracy. I just, I don't think it's, I, 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 I think, I think it's not, sure. I don't think that there's a, ma- like a Montgomery Burns type who's like, yes, we've excluded all the women. But I do think that there are marketers and people that are involved with putting these things together that do intentionally exclude women or unintentionally do it and don't have enough conscience or consciousness to realize what they're doing. So, uh, it, I, I, if they bitch, something might change. So I, I say let them keep bitching about that part. <laughs> Just there's a difference between bitching about the lack of representation in merchandise well, and, and bitching about Joss Whedon's story Joss Whedon. oh. and trying to act like that guy hasn't been producing feminist works for fucking twenty years. It's Twitter. He gave you Buffy. That alone is more than a, a, almost anybody in, in media. He's grandfathered. Yeah, he's fucking yeah. grandfathered in. It, yeah, and they, they he just deleted his Twitter account. And he, I, I love that. Last well, but no, but it wasn't related to that. He tweeted, he he didn't like Twitter, and he just he well, he only 
signed on to promote Much Ado About Nothing, and he knew that there was going to be a bunch of bullshit ready to the Avengers, and he just shut the shit down. So it's got well, what nothing to do with the thing that's turning on him. retweeting somebody who took all of those mentions on his timeline and put it into one giant image, uh-huh. and it's just all these people just screaming at him about yeah. you how could you do this to natasha oh my god you're an animal you're a fucking piece of shit like just oh, i'm gonna fucking kill you like horrible stuff and it's like really dude so i think he just took that as the opportunity to shut the shit down yeah. uh like oh yeah that's what i meant to do this and he yeah <laughs> yeah um, and then the men's rights guy got in there to, to that didn't help either no it just makes it, it worse. just it, yes yeah, oh, just bad people and more bad people yelling at each so other gross. as loudly as it's, possible and there's some of it with game of thrones too where it's like i can't believe someone got raped in this episode yeah no, that, like, i'm sorry Game of Thrones. yeah it's, i'm no i've got to call bullshit on that too that's yeah. that's really fucking on my nerves if you want to say there aren't enough dicks in game of thrones and there's not there enough gay go. sex not enough male nudity okay fine i'm i'm a big fan of equal opportunity if you want to see naked people and you like the male form i think you should have that opportunity but this is a fucking rapey show this is a murdery show this is a fucking nasty mean-spirited show it always has been just because your sensibilities have gotten increasingly delicate as time's gone on and we were all becoming more sensitive because in part because we're in uh, rage culture now where everybody's getting offended by everything anyway so you're starting to walk around on eggshells and social media of any kind but uh don't fucking tell me that game of thrones wasn't always a fucked up show it's that's all the first fucking episode, you got brothers and sisters fucking and they murder a child to try to, or almost murder a child to try to cover that shit up. Don't tell me that show was yeah. ever virtuous. You're how you receive the show has changed. You've become sensitized. You don't want to watch it anymore. You can't handle that. Fine. But don't fucking pretend like it wasn't that from the very beginning. Yeah, I, I just, I can't, I see these, these recap articles the next day and I'm like, really? Like, it, well, I mean, it, sorry, clickbaiting thought it's pieces total, and total, total agenda it's bullshit. Total clickbaiting. Absolutely clickbait. Everything is clickbaiting yeah. now. It's out of control. Anyway. Uh, next comment is from Count Druncula. Still listening to the episode, but I had to pipe in early and say Illegal Machine, uh, aka Ill Mac, comparing Pietro to the cologne soaked douche selling iPhone cases at the mall cracked me up. Thank you. Uh, and then he says, Veronica, Betty, eh? anyone? Yeah, we got it. Sorry, we did not get it immediately. That's on us. Ultron captured Black Widow because ScarJo was way pregnant in the scenes when Ultron is taking her and she's locked in the cell. She's either curled up in, uh, in a ball on the ground or seated or it's close-up shots of her so you can't see the baby bump. Thor's whole vision quest was gutted in the editing room. Whedon said there was a lot more to that subplot. Uh, maybe that part would have made more sense. If it had another 10 minutes. Here's a fun game. Go back to the first two teasers and trailers for this film and count how many specific shots were not in the final film. It's crazy. And I think we noticed that. Like you, oh, yeah. You caught that with the whole Captain America opening up the big doors. Right. Which was like one of the big iconic images from the, the trailer. The black lady that's in there with Thor during his vision quest thing that I, no, we don't yeah. know anything about. Like, who is that? It never was in the yeah. movie, right? It's, like, it's hilarious. Next uh, well, I, 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 again, with the whole Black Widow thing, it's like it's this two-edged sword. On the one hand, we all want to be like, yeah, let's let's give women equal rights. Let's give them maternity leave, all this other kind of stuff. But when you're in the middle of the multi-billion dollar multi-film franchise and one, the main female actress you have decides now's the time that she wants to get pregnant when you're trying to do the sequel to one of the highest grossing movies of all time, it fucks shit up. And that, you kind of have to acknowledge that. And if if – you know, and it, so it's it's an issue, and I, I know it's fucked up that that's an issue, but it gets in the way of people making money, and and that that makes a difference. That makes a difference in a lot of different ways. Yep. So it's fucked up. It's there's some wrongness in there, but there's also like okay, I can kind of understand why you wouldn't want your shit fucked up because your actress got pregnant. Your actors can go impregnate somebody, and it won't fuck your shit up, but the actress can fuck your shit up by it, getting pregnant. It's just the way it is. And, and I think that it genetic. probably fucked up the Avengers two movie, and I think that. 
you know, Joss Whedon as a champ for making sure she was in there as much as she was. But obviously some dumb shit came out of that because that whole story thing with all the whole thing with her getting captured by Ultron. I hated that. Yeah. But it was probably necessitated by needing to, to because she's pregnant and you can't do shit with her all of a sudden. So yeah. um, you want him to just recast the role. You don't think people are going to be yelling about that shit. Yeah, you can't so. do that. You can't just not have her in the movie very much at all. Otherwise, yeah. people are going to freak out about that. Whatever. He, he was damned if he did. But, damned if he did. Well, but the, no, the other thing, though, is, OK, so let's get some more women in here. Yeah. We've got Scarlet Witch. Let's get a few more female characters. Let's get Tiger in there. I'd, I'd dig on some Tiger in. That should probably be a lot of CGI anyway. So get some more women. And if a woman has to sit out a particular movie because of something like that, you got some more there. It's not the one woman you've got. Agreed. Okay. More chicks, guys. Speaking of more chicks, Darcy wrote, I never read any of the ultimate titles either, and I'm getting really tired of getting a hand wave when Pym doesn't, didn't invent Ultron. Vision doesn't have Simon Williams' brain patterns. Wanda doesn't have hex powers because that's how it is in the Ultimates. Uh, someone who does read the Ultimates, please chime in. I'll second Frank's comparison of Age of Ultron to Man of Steel. Well done, sir. So I didn't this, read this is somebody, yeah, I, I, I've read some Ultimates. It's not. I understand why they'd want to adapt that because it's much more cinematic than the regular Marvel universe. It's just that I like the more fanciful aspects of comics, and I like when that stuff gets translated. And that's why I was so excited about the Vision popping up in this movies. There, there are things in the Ultimate universe that would not bode well in future Marvel movies involving certain characters, uh, and I don't want to see them go in those directions. Uh, I'm certainly glad that the Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were not handled in the way that they were in the comics uh, same goes for black widow those characters all did really fucked up shit in the ultimates comics that wouldn't work well for disney much less the story that they're trying to tell so and i'm glad that the falcon costume has gotten away from the one from the ultimate universe because it it's a guy with gray wings and a black and gray uniform that's boring kids don't want to buy an action figure of some guy that's that dully dressed. Iron Man like crap too in the Ultimates. Yeah. So, um, you know, I take from what works, but please ditch the stuff that doesn't work and don't, I, I don't think that's as much of an issue though. I mean, I, I think that they're going to draw from all the comics now. I think the fact that they're getting into Thanos and Infinity uh, Gauntlet stuff means that they're trying to get away from the Ultimates universe. And there's only so much material that's worthwhile that's worth tapping in that universe anyway at this point. Yeah. They only lasted so long and there's only so much that was any good. Basically, once you hit Ultimatum, there's not a lot left beyond Miles Morales that anybody gives a shit about. And our final comment is from Kyle Benning. He says, are you guys still alive? I never thought I'd say this, but I'm actually going through withdrawals. I miss Mac and his wrong opinion. I know there's other World Bond podcasts, but MHSP is my favorite of the lot. We're back. <laughs> hey, mine too. Mine too. So, I'm totally with you, dude. <laughs> the Marvel Superheroes podcast is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by Marvel Entertainment. All characters mentioned and audio clips employed are believed covered under fair use, with no infringement attended against their copyright holders. The views expressed in this podcast are assumed legitimate, truthful, and solely possessed by the speaker. Do it again. It's funny. What? Do it again. No, this is. I'm telling you, this is your podcast. No. Yes. Why? It's Why? Our, it is, please. It's our, our podcast. Your podcast. It's our podcast. My podcast. My podcast sucks. My no, podcast it does not is, suck. Is like it's no. So you tried to say that because the Marvel SHP podcast is different than the Auto Head of Diablo podcast. So that means that this is all of our podcasts and that's yours. And that's bullshit. I told you it's because you have range. You're able to do both. You can do serious and you can do slapstick podcasts, whatever ours is. I'm the straight man of the podcast. One setting and it's fuck you. Fuck yeah! That's our only setting. <laughs>
But we need We're that. guest stars. The podcasting world needs that. We need the setting of fuck you. Guys like me are a dime a dozen. There are plenty of guys out there yeah, that can talk boring. Uh, you should check yourself, motherfucker! That's that low self-esteem I keep telling you about, man. It's our podcast. I don't, I do, I could not do this podcast without you guys, okay? It's just simple as that. It wouldn't work. It doesn't, it just wouldn't work. Right, but this is, but that's like, look, this is your podcast. You're Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, well, you know, I got you. I got George. Need, you need Kramer and, and George Costanza. Yeah, absolutely, because Seinfeld's the worst part of Seinfeld. No, but you can't have, but it's his show. Honestly, I think you could take Seinfeld out of Seinfeld and you'd still have a good show. No, you could not. You need you everybody else. Guy. We've about you. Yeah. You know what? George could be no, the no, straight no. guy. You are George the, you're the sun in our revolving universe. You keep it steady and straight. Right. Me, me and Mac here, we're all over the fucking place. But that's good. Like, it's entertaining. Uh, Jupiter and Uranus. It's just like on my way. On my way. On my way over here, I didn't feel like trying to hook up my tablet to my car's radio. Um, because it was all, huh? First world problem. Right, right. Don't get it. <laughs> Shout out to the four kids in Sri Lanka listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that uh, we get a lot of penetration in that market. Oh, fuck you. The, poor, the, the white male couldn't get his iPad hooked up to his car stereo on the way over here. Damn man. you! No! The horror! Oh, God's curse me. So anyway, it's, it was raining and I didn't want to unpack my connections with my tablet. So anyway... So I was trying to find something to listen to, and all my USB shit's all cluttered up with podcast shit now. So I'm like, fuck, man, I don't want to listen to any more podcast shit. I'm about to go record podcast shit and tie this stuff. And then I found the Fatsy Walker episode. Who are you two? Ah, the one we fought. And I'm just listening to it, and it's like, okay, this one I can listen to. This I can jam on the way over to Max Place. So, because that's the one that entertains me the most still. No, see, what I do is I play the Islehead of Diablo podcast backwards. And there's all kinds of satanic shit coming out of that. Yeah. Don't, I got the messages they're sending. Sacrifice them all. <laughs> Their blood is good. By 1957, John Jones made his first appearance. Satan, <laughs> eat your family. <laughs> we pray to the dark gods. Uh, he, uh, his first appearance happened five years after Mr. Takitani and... Uh, <laughs> the other life was going to come back. Let me do this. Here, I was the other the one in the background. <laughs> <laughs> My arms spin backwards. Oh. All of a sudden, you see portals from hell opening up in the background. Uh, he has a similar costume to Carter, well, John Carter of Mars. And hey, I got a letter on response to that particular comment. What? Guy's like, I've been reading Marshmallow comics for fifty years. I never caught that. Wow, really? Shit. Okay, cool. Caught what? The the Marsh Manor's costume is basically the same as John Carter's from the Edgar Rice Burroughs books from the twenties. He's got the X across his chest. The bandolier oh. with the yeah. yeah. And they're both from Mars. And that's how interesting that is. See he, he he's he's on our podcast and he's already tuned out of it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying. Mr. Fixit Mr. Fixit could never listen to the Island of Pod. They're your podcast. He, no, would he would be bored shitless. You would be bored shitless listening to that if podcast. We did, okay, we did one podcast without you. And granted, we did it behind your back, kind of like as a goof. And it was terrible. Dude, no, it, it was wasn't. So hard, dude, it, it was, was so much better. Actually, it was so fucking hard. Didn't that have this conversation? Dude, how, how long were we here to do that one little podcast? I don't know. I don't know. Dude, we could not function, dude. When you have two assholes, it was good. It was fine. You need, you need, you need the. Uh, I, I've been listening to a lot of the old episodes because to work on like annuals and shit. And the worst ones were the ones we were talking about, like current events, like the convention ones, and the you know that shit's current fucking convention. boring. Um, but yours, no, you're, there's nothing wrong with your podcast. Yeah, trust me, dude. We, we know. Oh, well, we I, I listened to it recently. I, I had to listen to it because the majority of that podcast is in the annual. 
So I listened to it. It, it was sounding great. Ah, boy. Anyway, 